0: hey everyone welcome to game face episode 221 on sifted games at sifted.net our weekly podcast is streams live here on twitch.tv slash sifted games every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host. I'll be slinging you around the world of video games for the next couple hours. And alongside me, I have my bro, Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. Had some games to play this week, at we least. We did. Some great games. How's life in the fast lane, bro? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't know. I have no yeah. idea what the fast lane is anymore. Yeah, I don't know if there is a fast lane. <laughs> I don't remember what driving is like. <laughs> I hardly ever do it. I'll say one thing,
1: man. Like, I'm not putting any miles on my car. That's for sure. <laughs> I, have, I have not filled the tank up in like a month and a half.
0: Yep. Like, it, two I've, months it takes for me to yeah. use a tank of gas now. It's crazy. Uh, and also alongside, we have uh, Mitch Sikorsky, who's handling our TriCaster TD duties today. What's up, Mitch? Uh, I was going to say, I haven't had a car since I've been out here.
2: And it's been, so I haven't filled a tank of gas in six
0: months. (laughs) You don't really need a car out here. Now, the public transit in LA is not as good as San Francisco. The PT there is amazing. Um, But it is compared to a lot of cities in LA is pretty good, especially now that they have the trains that run all the way across the city and stuff like that. So you can absolutely live here and you had a bike as well. And that helps too.
1: Yeah, but, uh, past
0: tense. Had a bike. <laughs> had, yeah. So Mitch Mitch moved here, bought a bike, got it stolen, bought
2: another one, and then sold it. <laughs> well, I did get a flat tire, so that's like half the other
0: reason. No, you got the flat, then you sold it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how it went. <laughs> uh, people in chat are saying that your mic is a little bit low, Mitch. So if you want to just step away from the TD for just a second yeah, and a bump second. it up. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we have a big show for you guys today um, as, Ma- as Matt said Some big games came out this week We're going to talk about uh, Ghost of Tsushima Which may be the last Big PlayStation 4 exclusive Before we move on to PlayStation 5 And we're going to talk about Paper Mario The Origami King, the latest Switch exclusive And it also might be the last Switch Exclusive for a while We're going to talk about that as well um, Mitch, are you back yet? Yes, I'm back it was- Cool check and let me know if that's better. Yeah, a uh, chat, let us know if uh, Mitch's mic is a little better for you guys now. Um, we're going to go on to our poll of the week at this point. Uh, our poll of the week last week was about backwards compatibility. And I mentioned on the show last week that we were going to start pulling quotes from some of you guys from our poll of the week. Uh, and that inspired you guys to leave a lot of comments on the poll, which is great. Um, but we'll go through the results of the poll first. Um, this was far and away the closest poll of the week we've ever done. Um, And that generally is the sign of a good poll. (laughs) I'm learning people. I'm getting better at uh, the options. You generally, when you make a poll, you don't want there to be like two options that get all the votes and the rest get none. That's generally means you've done a poor job of creating the poll. And so I'll take responsibility for that. But this time it was really, really close, like literally three options separated by like a handful of votes. So, we asked you uh, what was your take on backwards compatibility uh and we gave you four options uh essential basically meaning like this is a deal breaker for me if a console doesn't have it um it's nice to have and it may tip the scales for me um i probably won't use it but i'm glad that it's there and then the last option was no value whatsoever the first three options were within 4 percentage points of each other uh What one was, I probably won't use it, but I'm glad it's there with 32% of the vote. Next was, it's essential, meaning that it will absolutely sway which which console you buy at 31%. Next was, it's uh, nice to have, and it may tip the scales for me at 28%. Again, all three of these very close together. And then way at the bottom, no value for me whatsoever with nine percentage points. Um, Are you surprised at all by those results, Matt?
1: No, that sounds about what I would expect. Uh, I voted for the second one. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, nice, but it... Nice to have, to but may tip the scale. Yeah, because like, it's it's more important to me than the third option, but it is not essential to me. Yeah. Um, outside of, like, carrying the digital library forward, which I consider to be a little different thing than uh, keeping the digital library from previous generation intact is different from, like, what Xbox is doing with, like, everything going back to the original Xbox. That's a whole different idea. Um yeah, I think I feel like uh, there's been
0: a big shift, man.
1: I think people have, have become more interested in carrying stuff forward, and also like the fact that it makes them better is new. Like the yeah. fact that you can put last gen games in or or older games, like original Xbox stuff, and they run better than if you just played them on the old system, is is a plus. If you have any interest in playing Crimson Skies again. Uh, you should play it on Xbox One uh, because it runs better and looks better. Like, it's that simple. So I think there's a there's a benefit to it that wasn't really there before. Um, certainly, I don't remember. I mean, I know there was, like, little, like, enhancements you could do on, like, certain, like, PS1 games when you played them on PS2. And, so, you know, like, I think Vagrant Story had, like, a PS2 mode that, like, made the textures a little better or something. Um, but this thing where you just stick your old disk in and whether it's supported or not, it just runs better is, uh, is great. So I think that's a more attractive option than just you can play the same game you already played before.
0: Yep. Um, And you're right. The sands have shifted to a place where backwards compatibility is much more user friendly and I believe much more viable, much much more comprehensive. And I agree with you. I think that that has kind of shifted perspective because if you go back to the beginning of Generation 8, backwards compatibility was hardly something we even mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. And now it's a big, big topic. Um, And I did pull a couple comments from you guys from the poll of the week. I'm gonna read them here. Uh, thanks, a lot of you guys wrote great comments. I can't read them all, so I tried to pick the four that really caught my eye, but also kind of represented the four different options in the poll. Uh, the, first, the first comment comes from Slagathor. He writes, For a few console generations now, I felt that I needed backwards compatibility, but inevitably the games from the previous generation would fall by the wayside. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, so hard that I can't even get excited for it anymore. However, if the old game is somehow improved in a noticeable way for the new console, like you said, I might be more inclined to play it again. Great, great comment from Slagathor. Next, from Zet Saber. I keep my older consoles, so backwards compatibility is not important to me, is convenient, but I don't have sudden urges to play old games. Fair perspective. Uh, next, Nightmare 452. I feel it's a central part of next gen for me. I went all digital this gen, and I 100% expect my library to move forward. So yeah, this would have been a system seller, or more accurately, a system no-no if either Sony or Microsoft didn't offer full comprehensive backwards compatibility. And then the last comment comes from AsmoDR. Um, I've never bought an Xbox before, but I'm giving it all due consideration this generation. Rebuying games is a big cost and a lack of backwards compatibility is a hint to your treatment moving forwards as a customer. So it's definitely a weight on the scales of who gets my money this generation. I think between those four, they pretty much covered all the bases. Mm. Um, I don't think you would have seen that last comment uh, before this gen. Nope. I mean, that's when I saw that, I was like, oh, this one's going in. Because this is someone who is saying like, hey, I never even would consider an Xbox before, but now... Mm -hmm. It's on the table. So it is shifting perspectives without a doubt. So thanks to everybody who participated in the poll of the week. Uh, The new one is up right now. Uh, And again, it's in the header at sifted.net. And the poll of the week this week is what is the most important feature for a console? Um, And there are like five options there. So when the show's over, head on over there, make your voice heard. And again, leave comments and we'll pluck out the best ones and we'll read them here live on the show.
1: And with that, it's My stupid for thing for the backwards compatibility is I can, I hope Wrath Unleashed works on the new Xbox.
0: <laughs> because
1: I mean, Wrath Unleashed, for those who don't know, was a LucasArts game that was like a, a turn-based strategy game, but when you fought, you fought like a fighting game between yeah. two monsters. And the problem with it was the load times were insane like the load times between battles and to get out of the battle back to the board map and everything was like a minute and a half like you were just sitting there at a load screen so if like you could do backwards compatibility and just sort of automatically make it load way faster i would maybe enjoy playing that for once okay fair enough and with that is time for a word from our sponsor that's why i'm gonna buy a 700 hundred dollar game console
0: <laughs> Ready to get away from the without meesh. losing all the comforts of home? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a once-in-a-lifetime 200-acre estate for sale in Libby, Montana that gives new meaning to the phrase, roughing it. This eye-popping main lake house on this sprawling estate has four bedrooms and bathrooms, phone, and internet. There are also separate guest and caretaker houses. It's the first time this property has ever been for sale, so don't let the chance to buy a slice of outdoor heaven pass by. It can be yours for $3.4 million. If you're interested, no matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. He can also connect you with local realtors who can help you with your specific needs. If you want to see more, head on over to www.snowshoeranchmt.com. That's snowshoeranchmt.com.
2: Man, I was so relaxed. I just wanted to pull on my Switch and, you know, play some Paper Mario while I was listening to that because it was just so relaxing. So.
0: <laughs> Not at all a canned segue into our first topic of episode 221, which is Paper Mario, the Origami King for Switch. Matt, have you been able to spend some time with this?
1: Yeah, I have got through. Uh, I'm, I'm on the second streamer. Okay. Which um, makes more sense if you've played it. Yep. So you've had a boss fight. Had a couple boss fights, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know, Paper Mario, the Origami King, it, you may suspect that it's the next entry in the Super Mario RPG franchise, but unfortunately, it's much more of kind of an action-adventure type game with turn-based battles, kind of like Color Splash, which was the last one that came out. I think a lot of people were disappointed to learn that the game isn't kind of a strict RPG. Um, I think what a lot of people miss from those Super Mario RPGs is the number of characters that were in those. Like in these Mm. games, you get like the three or four most basic Mushroom Kingdom enemies, and you just fight them like over and over and over again. There's just not as much variety. But I would also argue that in these games, there's no near, there's not near as much combat as there was in the older RPG games. Mm. Um, It's almost like the developers know that the combat kind of wears thin in these games, and so there is not as prevalent as it used to be. Now with that said, the battle system in this game is actually quite revolutionary, Um, literally revolutionary. Mm. (laughs) How it works is you're basically in the center of a turntable and then there are rings that emanate out from the center and the enemies are placed on the rings and then it's your job to basically rotate the rings so that you can line up as many enemies as you can in a row so you can attack as many as you can at once on each turn and then more mechanics start getting added later. Like there's an ability to like basically select like an inline columns and then shift the enemies along the columns to line them up that way. It's really almost like a puzzle yeah. game more than like a, a physical combat.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they even call it puzzles. you get a bonus for solving the puzzle uh, yeah. after the battle. Um, it's an interesting idea uh, the fact that they put a timer on it ruins it. Yeah,
0: I, hate um, it. I agree on that.
1: Um, it's it's it a terrible. horrible decision. I and it's don't understand it. terrible. Like, <laughs> and it's so weird because the rest of the game is so pleasant and relaxing and it really fun is. And yeah, and lighthearted, like, and then you get to these fucking like random battles, and it's like. I don't know what you want me to do, game. You give me 30 seconds to rearrange all this stuff, and you're at this weird angle, like kind of this 45-degree angle, so you can't fully... Like, if you give me a top-down view, I could put this help. together way easier. Yeah, but like for sure. But sometimes the things are just kind of off on the planes, and there's like 17 enemies, and I'm just like... I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And you're trying to
0: do it fast, and because of the perspective, it, sometimes it's hard to really switch to the exact ring you're trying to switch to to get to that yeah. enemy that you
1: need to slide around to line up. And there's like... You can, like, pay money, pay coins to, like, extend the time and stuff like, like this. Way. Yeah. But it's, like, you know what would be better is if there just wasn't, wasn't like, any either, time. either have me solve the puzzle, like, or, like, make it simpler. Like, it's it you was would, really annoying. I, early, it was funny because early on I was, like, it took me, like, an hour to even let an enemy attack me. Yeah and like early on, I'm like this doesn't seem so hard and then you're oh, like it's oh so easy. I get it I oh, yeah, I see I see hey, what you start to do now
0: That's the other thing the difficulty curve in this game is so out of whack yeah. The first few couple hours of this game literally are made for like 5 year olds Yeah and,
1: and it's like it's it, the the ramp is so weird cuz like <laughs> it, cuz it's not just like you know oh suddenly you got to solve the problem I mean, if you don't solve the puzzle basically if you don't solve the puzzle properly the enemies get to attack you Yeah and the even like a basic like enemy like hurts. It'll like, kill you. It'll they, take half your fucking life off, even if you're blocking <laughs> properly. Like it's yeah. it's nuts. Like and, and the bosses are even just like yeah. you, know, you didn't figure let's, out the trick of the boss. Let's talk about you're the dead. boss fights. Like uh, so, the crazy. boss
0: fights the the roles are reversed, and the mm-hmm. bosses in the center. And then Mario is on the outside, and it's your job to navigate all the panels that have like these things on them. Tell you which way they're going to send you, and basically get to a point to where you're like right up next to the boss, where then you can attack. I don't know if you if this happened to you, Matt. Did you end up in a spot where they're like, no, that's the wrong spot? That ever happened to you? Um. I mean, well, so there's several spots around the boss, and sometimes if you get on one, it won't let you attack the boss, even though you're right next to the boss.
1: There has been nothing more infuriating. Well, yeah, like on the, like a, if you're not near the weak point of the first boss, like you, you can't attack him. Yeah. Um, And that's what, because you also have to rotate the ring to put the attack. Square or circle where it needs to be, where it yeah. needs to be. So, you end, you not only do you, you need to arrow yourself so you end up next to the boss, we have to end up on an attack circle that lets you attack. Then, otherwise, you just fall over and you don't get to do anything that turn. Yeah. Um, and the first boss, they like give you some outs. So, if you do it, they're like, oh, that's not how it works, try it again, kind of thing. Um, but if you do it in the bosses after that, it's like, nope, the boss just gets a free hit on you, and like the, the air, you know, it's full of like arrows everywhere bonus stuff coins everywhere hearts to get you more life like there's all these things and and then like the second boss like has all these like targeting things all over it because if you walk across that you'll get hit by missiles and And it reminds
0: me a little bit of the final boss fight in was it banjo kazooie or tui where the quiz show happened at the end
1: was it? Two? Um, I want to say that was the first. Was that the first? Was it one? the first one? I think it was. Yeah. Because yeah, because like the her sister tells you all those trivia things, and at the right. end you have to like you have to get all the trivia questions right. Yeah. That's the first and, one. And yeah. you follow them throughout the whole game, and you're expected to yeah. remember them at the end of the game. And uh, um, it's just like my whole thing was like I was playing it. I'm like, who is this for? Like. I know. Is this for kids? Because this is real hard. Are Our kids it's just like way they expect better. At this them to than just that?
0: play the first two hours and quit. Because yeah, I don't.
1: <laughs> they will. And like, quit. I really. And like <laughs> other than that, I really like it. Like I really like playing it. It's funny. Like I enjoy the characters. I like the 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 cross up between the 3D origami stuff and the flat paper Mario stuff. Like yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like it looks great. Like. I really enjoy playing this game until I gotta fight something, and like yeah. now I'm just sort of like, this is really punishing, you know, in a way that I don't understand. I never dreamed this game would be that. I'm right. there Why it's like that? It's yep. it's like it's like if that. What was that last the Yoshi's Woolly World? Yeah, it's like if that game just started with like the post game. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh you th- oh you thought this was a motherfucking game? Like we're we're gonna kill your fucking dinosaur over and over again. Like a, Yeah it's like not, it's not like a simple like oh just try the turnover. It's like you die, you go back to the save point and you do that boss battle all over all again. All over like again. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty not frustrating. Playing, the not other thing around. too
0: is that there's no easy way to fix it because yeah. you can't, you can't, re- well, you can, it would take a lot of work because if you remove the 32nd timer, then that whole other system that you were talking about. So I'll expand on it a little bit. There's a system in the game where you find toads hidden everywhere. And as you mm-hmm. save them, they become a part of the crowd during battles. And when you're in a battle, you can give the toads coins to cheer you on and basically help you in the battle. So if you don't have the thirty-second timer, you don't need the coins,
1: and you don't need the toads. But and the so toads are very entertaining, so they should they stay <laughs> there because they talk. You can see word balloons yeah. in the background, and they cheer you on and react to what's happening, which is, to me, enough entertainment value without being having to, to call them in for whatever. Well, one um, thing I would say well, the, th- the other thing this I don't game don't like
0: is very funny and clever it in is. general. The, the Paper Mario's
1: are always it's very great. Funny. Yeah, the Paper Mario's are always have always been very funny and clever, and kind of like. They're the most self-aware of any Mario game. Um, oh, there's
0: all kinds of like, like weird, like callbacks to like uh, old stuff, or like you're like you said, self-referential, where they recognize that certain things that fans say about the games, and it's really clever. Yeah. Some of the writing is but, just like,
1: great. The other thing that, that's weird about the combat system to me is like so, like you said, thirty second time. It's not always thirty seconds. It's sometimes not, it's yeah. sixty. They know how much this and sometimes like, and you will get like you don't have a set number of attacks per turn assigned to Mario himself you have the number of attacks that you need to defeat all the enemies if you do the puzzle perfectly right. so even that, that that even that doesn't feel very consistent to me i'm like okay so like it all feels like weirdly arbitrary and like the enemy is not really the enemy so much as the timer like the timer is the most deadly enemy in the game so i'm hoping that the last boss is a clock um i just don't <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's almost as if like that you basically you should just fail if you don't complete the puzzle is the way yeah, like the game I've done is that a couple times yeah. which, uh, I'm... I'm only two hours in so like I don't I have not as far as you guys and like I haven't touched a boss battle so to hear it gets a little harder is nice because yeah God, the first what play you played
0: so far is it's
2: yeah, easy. Easy. super simple, <laughs> but the it first, is really uh, nice I the... do like the charm it has like the yeah there's there's already two moments where I'm like wow like this is cool I I, I did not expect this kind of uh flare from a game like this
1: yeah, it's the early stuff is good, but like, it, but. like and, and when it first gets harder, I, I was kind of like, oh, good, because this was a little brain dead to me for early on. And then like by the, the, the second boss, I'm just like, okay, uh- this <laughs> is over the top. <laughs> on the, and honestly, it's not that hard to like piece this stuff, but like, especially on the boss battles where you're trying to line all the arrows up with a certain number of, you only have a certain number of uh, moves you can make on the rings And you're throwing a sixty second timer at me, like bite me, like that's I don't know, I don't know what. You only have so many attacks
0: on that turn, and if you
1: mess up, like the boss will attack back, and you lose like a ton of life. And you know you you have like seventy hit points at this point, and I'm losing even if I block everything all at once, it's ten. And then when the special move shows up, and if you screw that up, you're dead. Like that's the end of it. It just wipes you out, and it's just like. I mean, I know Mario games can get unforgiving because like, you know, especially, you, you know, you finish the, finish the game and then the real game starts, right? Yeah. That's how Mario kind of works these days yep. and has for a while. But this just feels, I don't know, I think it was, US, was it US Gamer or Poly? Like somebody called it punishing. And that, and I was like, that's a weird word to, to use to describe. <laughs> yeah, no one ever A guessed. Mario game, especially a paper <laughs> Mario game. And <laughs> now that I've played it for like five hours, I'm like, that's the only word I can think of. Like it really is punishing in it a way is. that feels like, Did I make you mad? Yeah, it's very bizarre.
0: I'll be honest; I'm completely shocked by this game. We actually never even laid down the plot. Not that matters. It's just so
1: dissonant from the rest of the game. Like the rest of the game is so charming, and this is is just like it's. I don't know. I can't imagine. It's like if it's like if Katamari Damashi just like periodically just like insulted your mother. (laughs) Like I'm like, why? Why is that there? Like what? I don't. (laughs) <laughs> or if I like, yep. like read through your, your iTunes library or something and like insulted your musical taste. I'm like, I don't understand why this is in the game.
0: Yep. Uh, anyway, the basic plot, and not that it's all that important, really, um, okay. is that uh, the Mushroom Kingdom has been taken over by the Origami King, who, as it turns out, is the brother of your little sidekick who comes along with you. Um, and basically, you're just on a quest to turn the kingdom back to its normal flat 2D look. It. The plot doesn't carry the game. It doesn't really need to because as Matt has said the game is really whimsy. It yeah.
1: really brings although the, the the little it's a little creepy in the sense that like when they fold the characters up to be the origami versions of themselves, like Princess Peach is like a zombie. Like she's yeah. like she's not like her. Well, then ceiling. some of
0: the toads, they're like like I found one that was in a uh, a wood pile and I pulled mm-hmm. him out and he wouldn't go back to normal because he was in the wood pile so long that he was permanently creased, and he, like, cried, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that or same area has, like,
1: they're, uh, they're, they're, like, they're folded into, because they get folded into, like, various things, like and so, yeah. like, you'll find, like, little bugs, and, like, you hit them with a the hammer, and they come back, to being toads, but there were butterfly ones. They're bu- little colored butterflies, and you hit them with the hammer, and they turn back into toads, and most of the toads you do that with are upset that they can't fly anymore, <laughs> yeah. and like they they hop around sadly trying to fly yeah. again. I'm just like, that's horrifying. I mean, I mean, There's stuff like that show, in like, this game. The,
2: the basement of the castle when they transform them into origami, it's like it looks like almost an old school medieval torture scene of like carrying yeah. the person over and like smashing <laughs> to the gallows. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> when they only show it, show it happen in like Shadows. silhouette, like a shadow. Yeah. It's like it's. it's, it's
0: it reminded what me. Pre- I, I thought, actually
1: thought of the. Um, I thought of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they dip the shoe in the in the, the acetate to just to like dissolve it. Like I was like, oh, that's, that's just a little a little horror, a little horror for the dip. Yeah, the kids, for the kids game. For. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Well, I already uh, I already said they dipped it, so I didn't want to say dip again. Uh, but.
0: The other odd thing about this game to me is that I see a lot of influences from other Nintendo games in this game. So there's like a little touch of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. There's a little touch of Luigi's Mansion because uh, one big element of the game is you collect confetti. Um, You hit Mm -hmm. trees, the confetti falls down. You hit flowers with a hammer, the confetti comes out. And as you collect it, you then use it to restore parts of the world. So you come across a hole in the ground and you have to like throw confetti... Uh, and it'll cover it up and then go over it a lot of times. It'll send out coins that you can collect that all that ties into the system we were talking
1: about earlier with the toads. Um, yeah, it's like the reverse of Mario Sunshine where you spray water to clean things off and this you're throwing stuff on it to it in.
0: Yeah, and then the way, and then, right, so this, like, a little bit like Sunshine, and then the way you suck up all the confetti is very much mm. like Luigi's Mansion. And the weird part is that this is not even a an in-house Nintendo game. I believe this was made by Intelligent Systems, which technically is a Nintendo studio, but it's not really one of its big first-party studios. Yet you're still seeing a lot of elements from other uh, Mario games in, and other just Nintendo games in general in this one. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But there's a lot of puzzle solving in the game, a lot of go here and do this to get that to come back here to use that on this that opens up a new doorway that you walk through. Uh, It's a lot of adventuring, environmental puzzling, stuff like that. And that part of the game, I really, really like. I really Mm -hmm. love it. Like, if they had got the combat to a good place, I would really, really recommend this game to just about anyone. But, man... (laughs) At first, I was like, wow, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And then once I got to right around where you are, the four or five hour mark, I had gotten through a couple bosses. I was like, oh, man, like Mm -hmm. the target audience for this game, I just don't see them being able to play this game after a certain amount of time.
1: Yeah, or you're just sort of muddling through the battles and hoping you don't get hit too much. Um, Or getting lucky. and Yeah, yeah. and because there's some clever solutions to some of the puzzles, but like a couple times, I'm just like, it's going to take me more than 20 seconds to do that, guys, in part because the interface, like the interface yeah. is not amazing because um, and, and like you're you got to scroll through the through the rings and stuff. And then like there's a the bosses are even weirder because the boss sometimes won't let you it doesn't let you scroll the other way. Like you can only go out to the edge of the ring and then start over and continually yep. scroll outward like you can't scroll back if you miss the ring you wanted. So you're wasting even more time doing that um there's a couple times when i've rotated over and because time is out of the essence i'm you know tapping the, the the stick to go rotate 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 i hit the button that somehow didn't rotate as far as i wanted and so i hit the wrong thing there's no undo yeah um it's just it's it's i find it like oddly frustrating in a way the rest of the game isn't and it kind of ruins a lot of it it so, does like, like you- can you recommend people buy this man no. Like I I don't it's hard I, like if you, I mean if you love Mario stuff I guess but like you got you better be ready. Like it, it's hard in a way that Mario I mean, Mario is usually a test of reflexes and platforming skill. This is a test of like speed cognitive puzzle <laughs> solving from a really inconvenient angle yeah. and like it's like if you took the timer off it like I'd be fine with it like, yeah
0: I would love it but again I don't think that they can just like if people get really angry over it I don't think they can just take it out and like fix it that easily um, without screwing up other like,
1: stuff I think you just, I would just change the toad thing to like um uh, Cause there's like, there's charms that up the timer on it too. Like I have, uh, I, I have those on it and it's, it helps a little bit, but it's just like, you know, sometimes you got to look at something to figure it out. Sometimes it's, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's very I enjoy that. that. Like I yeah. enjoy
0: when there's a puzzle, the taking that moment to observe it, kind of take it in, then start fiddling around with it. It's a thing that I do when I solve puzzles in games mm. or pretty much anywhere else in life. And this game doesn't allow you to do it. I'm guessing
2: um, if, the only reason like they do that to like put the timer on there justifying it is because they do come onto the field lined up and then they hop out of place. So it's almost like you have to part of the puzzle is to observe them to figure out where they hopped so you can just readjust it. I think if they yeah, didn't but, have it that way, I think getting rid of the timer might a I think they might say that would be why. You
1: you should get further. In the game, yeah, okay. it, it, that doesn't matter later. Okay. Like when yeah, they're because like, like it doesn't matter how they jump out of space because sometimes like they, they come in in like two single file lines and they'll yeah. jump out of space. But the solution is actually to move them into the hammers shape instead yep. of the in oh, like you're not that. always trying to put them sure. back in the shape they yeah. were in. The turntables
0: also it's, start to get crazy after a while. Like there's no way you could watch that and like know like okay I saw them come in and then disperse and that's gonna help me solve it like. It's Mm. just too much to keep track of.
1: And again, there's 30 seconds, a minute, maybe. And like, I could see that as being intentional. Like, you're not going to be able to solve all these perfectly. But then why do you lose half your damn life if you screw it? Even when you block everything. Like, it's just like punishing is the only word I can think of. If you're ready for that, then the rest of the game is very good. And the combat system is actually really interesting. I just don't like being timed on it. That's all.
0: I like everything about it except for the timing. I, I But mm-hmm. that timer, in all honesty, makes it not that much fun to play. Now, again, yeah. combat is not that prevalent in the game. It's not like you're just going from one battle to another. Like, no. you have a battle, you'll five... Seven minutes later, you'll have another one. Yeah, it's but not it's, constant. You don't level up from that.
1: It's not like you yeah, have to grind it. There are no levels to. in this game at all, actually. Well, but. the the H the, the the HP max, the hard up, the hard plus. Thing, yeah, you collect they collect They make you more over. powerful, so they yeah. don't just give you more hit points. they makes you more powerful, so you can um, like after that, you can then just hammer like enemies in the in the overworld, and you don't have to fight them. You just defeat them. Yeah. Um, that's true. That's like the the, uh, the up, uh, that's the upgrade system really as far as it goes. You can also um, hammer enemies in the overworld to get first strike in the battle.
0: Yeah. So when you go to the turntable, there'll be a little scene where you actually hit them with the hammer right before the battle yeah, starts, which is
1: pretty classic Paper Mario Mario RPG yep. stuff. So yeah. I also missed the fact, I also prefer I think the the R- Mario RPGs where you play more than just Mario. Yeah. And I mean Luigi's here, but he's off doing something else. And like, like Bowser is around briefly, but then he goes to do something else. And uh, Bowser's actually very funny in this. Um, I think everything's funny. The writing's really great.
0: I also like seeing Bowser and Mario team up. Like that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I like about the plot, even though it's like whatever is paper thin, (laughs) haha. But that's what I like about it is that it's all the people from and characters from the Mushroom Kingdom Mm -hmm. against the Origami King. And it's pretty rare to see all those characters unite for a single cause. Yeah. And uh, just the the play between that is the Goombas run in and like, oh, I guess we're like allies now. Like you just it's something out of the ordinary, yeah. which I think is kind of cool.
1: I also like the, there's like little things that make me like I it's stick in my head like that, like maybe they're unintentional. But like, like when you the very beginning of the game, Mario and Luigi drive up the castle in their in their Mario Kart go kart and and luigi drops mario off and says like i'm going to go park park the cart cuz i don't want to tip the valet and i'm like <laughs> yeah Really? Like you don't want stuff like that all through the game. Is is there a tipping system in the Mushroom Kingdom? <laughs> is Luigi just that cheap? Like, yeah. Yeah. surely at this point Mario and Luigi are rolling in coins, like yeah. like this no. And then I'll you come, come back, back and it's, broke when you start the game. So, but man. then you come back later and the, the car's like like four feet away. So you're like, well, no wonder he didn't want to tip him if he's just driving it that far. You know? Like, yeah. But it's like it's great. Like, there's just is this little consistent. insight there.
0: Like even the tailpipes on the cart, like yeah. they're Curled almost like a scroll, like they're not a perfect circle. It's like a scroll with like one piece like overlapping. Like they just carry the origami slash paper thing out to the nth degree, and in a lot of times, very clever ways. So, I and really all the origami
1: like, in it, as far as I know, is actually real. Like you could make those, you could fold those. Yeah, interesting. Like well, the, there are some a, cinematics where they actually show, they them, actually show them folding fold. it. Yeah. So I, as far I remember, I saw an interview. I read something I think where they basically said like, yeah, all the origami in it is real. That that's they, awesome. That, that, you, that if you gave them instructions, you could actually fold the the enemies. You could make a here. Princess Peach. Could, there's on. an make actual a
2: sifter that I know that's done that. So he's oh, he's yeah. been folding the Paper Mario characters. It's actually Raphael from uh, who got his question answered from Pactor just
0: yesterday. Okay. So mm-hmm. cool. he's been doing that. Yeah. It's not. Look, I want to recommend this game. I really do mm-hmm. because I have enjoyed some parts of it a great deal. But. I would say definitely do not buy it for your kids. They'll be pacified for a couple hours and then they'll come to you and be like, what the F? <laughs> um, and I would only, as an adult, I would only recommend it to other adults if you're ready for a stiff challenge. I mean, it is a tough game. I know you probably wouldn't have guessed that looking at this game, but it is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're ready for a stiff challenge, it's probably gonna make you frustrated on several fronts. And as you get really into the boss battles, they get to the point where like I, right now I'm at a boss battle and I quit.
1: Same. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my third boss battle, and I I lost for like the second time, and I just turned it off.
0: Yep, that's how it's been working for me. And then I would just go back to the other game we're going to talk about today, which is Ghost of yep. Tsushima, which has been very weird jumping between those two games for the last few. Yeah,
1: games. those are those. Those are uh, <laughs> you couldn't really pick two more different <laughs> games not. to come out on the same day. Really, it was
0: a weird weekend to say the least. Um, so I would not recommend purchasing this. I do think probably the reviews are pretty accurate. It's probably yeah. a seven to an eight somewhere
1: around there. I just I worry that I feel like there's going to hit a point in this game where I just can't get through it. Or I keep wondering if there's going
0: to be this moment where I brain meld with it and it just all of a sudden it clicks and I can just start doing it. It hasn't happened yet, though. I keep waiting and waiting and it just never happens. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like there's a there's uh, a specific house in the in the toad town where you can go practice everything. Yeah. And I did that for a bit. But it's like that doesn't help you when it's like you get hit with a configuration out of the gate that like, is just like, what the hell? Like, I don't, you know, like, okay, I don't know what you want. A couple of times I've actually yelled at the screen. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> like, it's like, like it's, it's, just, and then you run out of time and Mario gets his ass Plunk beat. Fixed. That's the end of it. That's like, <laughs> like, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. Uh, but look, regard. I think we prepared you guys well enough to decide whether you want to buy it or not. If mm-hmm. you've been sitting on the fence the last couple of days, you know what you're getting into at this point. Um, don't say we didn't warn you, though, if you take the plunge, because it is not what you expect. I guess that's the best way I could put it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, there's a, there's a world in which, or there's somewhere there's a game where there's, like, the, the, the timer on the system makes sense. Uh, But I don't feel like you have the tools to do this as easily as you should. Like, it really needs a top down view at at the very least. Like, I feel like part of my big part of my timer problems come from trying to figure out, like, at the angle you're at, like where things are and where where they've lined up, Uh, especially like in a hurry. You know, it's like, because it's like one or the other. You're under stress.
0: Yeah. You're trying to do it fast and. Yeah, I totally get it. Do think what about ability, you,
1: Mitch? Oh,
2: I was just going to say, do you think an ability, like if they gave, and I don't know if it's an option because I'm not as far as you guys, so I'm interested in texting you guys later once I get farther to go, like this is frustrating or something. but <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just text back, yeah. good luck. <laughs> um, but my question would be, do you uh, do you think like if they gave you a temporary power-up that you could use so many times that would slow down the timer, that like that might help with your frustration?
1: I-, I mean, you do have it. You can extend the timer using the coins. Um, it's just I don't like using using a finite resource to extend the timer on s- random battles. Is just feels like I, I don't know why that's the thing. Like, it feels like you should just give me enough time to do this. Would you, just, you know, I'll to, say be this doing too. it too
2: often? Then?
1: <clears throat> Maybe I, I don't think you should have a timer on it, period. No, I don't I'm think you sure. should I, either. You have me solve puzzles or you have me do something on a timer, but don't make me do both. Like I don't I'll say this
0: coins. too, like where you're at Mitch right now, you're like, Oh my God, I have so many coins. And I was like that <laughs> when I first true. started the I game, was like, I'm I was like too many. I'm like, I have like 20,000 coins. Like what am I supposed to do with them? And let me just tell you those Apparently coins. Go, yeah. yeah. Those coins go real fast when the okay. game starts to show its teeth. So <laughs> don't frivolously give up any coins anywhere. Um, fight through the early battles. Don't spend coins on toads early on. Cause you're going to need them. Um, later on um i'm at the point now where it's like really hard to decide how i want to spend my coins and whether i want to use them in battle or whether i want to use them to get items um it starts as a game heats up it starts to become
1: another puzzle that you have to yeah. solve um, and that might be the game. intent but i don't find that to be a compelling I don't either. choice to make me either like me i'd either. rather just play the game so mitch your final
0: take would you recommend it
2: I can't with, with what you guys said, I, there's no way I can like say anything about this cause I'm too, not too fresh in it. Probably ask okay. me next week and
0: I'll give you my take. All right. Sounds good. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about some controversy. <laughs> this one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I was pretty surprised by this. Um, but I also would say at this point with the way the internet is, I probably shouldn't be surprised at any controversy because they just, there's like a hundred of them every day now it seems like. Um, but this week, a brand new FMV-driven game called Gamer Girl was announced by Wales Interactive. Uh, it's being made by an indie studio called FMV Future that specializes in FMV games. Yeah, I was gonna and say they really locked themselves into it. They really there. did. Not a lot of room for uh, spreading your legs, and that's the name of your studio. Uh, but anyway, this is an FMV-driven game, and it follows a female streamer and you actually play as the moderator of her streams and she's being stalked by a psycho fan and you try to aid her in, in her, I don't even know how you would word it. You try to help her basically not fall victim to the stalker. Um, and <clears throat> I thought the game when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is an interesting take. I've never seen a game that really tackles this before. Um, I I had no idea that it was going to explode in the next two hours. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of people became upset that it... That the female streamer would be would need to be aided by the player, um, basically like white knighting. is. They're they're calling it like a white knight simulation, a simp simulation, which is a, a term I just Sim, learned this week.
1: Sim simp was my favorite description of it. That was. That was I never good.
0: heard that for that word until this week. Simp, I had I had to actually like Google it in the Urban Dictionary. Um, so it's it and then it exploded. Then a lot of female streamers started chiming in and saying, "Oh, this is disgusting and, you know, I will never buy another game from Wales Interactive because of this."
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my, my Wales Interactive library, my Wales Interactive <laughs> library is is really going to take a hit from this. My
0: guess is they could not name a single other game that Wales Interactive has published. I can. I I, I definitely can, but I can understand why most people can't. Um so Matt, is this is this a, a, a big do about nothing? Or do you think that these people have legitimate gripes about this game? Now, I, to me, I would say they ended up, at, they took everything down. Like they took down the trailer. They took down all the assets off of their official press sites. Yeah,
1: I think that's the biggest takeaway is like, I am very impressed at how thoroughly they were able to scrub <laughs> everything out. Like immediately, I mean, less than 24 hours later, it's all gone. Like, well, we're, we're We're reworking it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can still see it on mirrors and it's still around. But yeah, it's like, on YouTube. We have it up on our site if you want to check it's, it out. Uh, it was fascinating. I, I think they have a point. I think uh, it's, a, it's a the concept is interesting. The the subject matter is something worth tackling, but they went about it backwards. The trailer um, terrible. Is the problem? Trailer's not great, but also like it's the premise of uh, the the mo- because for one thing. The stalking problems in streaming like that, a lot of times they come from moderators who oh. get too personal and too familiar. Oh, interesting. Um, so having the moderator be the person who's sort of like getting in with the girl like that is Could that be the twist weird. to the
0: game story? Um,
1: no, I don't think, I don't know if it goes that far. That you far, end up being the stalker? <laughs> that's also, I mean, maybe that would be a hard turn. That uh, would be. Because <laughs> everything's supposed to be you viewing it live. But right. like, um, and like her constantly turning for advice to you is weird. Like, that's, you know, if he just played as her somehow, like, and made decisions as her, like, that would probably work better. Um, I think uh, it was uh, uh, a couple people, I think, uh, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was just a comment somewhere, but it was basically the fetishization of, like, the moderator kind of playing control with her life that way is not the way to approach this. Um, does it require, like, pulling the whole thing down, that I'm a little surprised they did that. Like, I, 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 thought when the controversy started that they would just sort of be like, you know, they'd put out some some statement or like they'd say like, you know, they we're did, sensitive to this sort of thing. Yeah, but I just didn't expect that they were going to like pull the. Whole, I mean, just, I guess those statements didn't work. Um, there is also a point to be made that the entire dev team is pretty much dudes, um, and the, the girl in the well, in let's, the let's game is supposedly to interactive. Here, we g- need to g- share their their. And the girl in the game apparently is listed as a co-writer, but, like, it's... Well, the whole thing was improv, apparently,
0: by her. She, she and the writer would write up a loose idea of mm-hmm. what was supposed to happen, and then she would just act it out. Um, the other thing, too, is that Whales Interactive issued several statements right in a row, and basically its perspective was that it's trying to help with the problem with this game, but... The problem is that the trailer doesn't portray that at all. It no. is that that's to me is the problem. I look, I don't know it's about two steps away
1: from night trap,
0: right? Like, I don't know if whales interactive is just re- revising history now that it's found itself in controversy and now they're going to revise the game. So it is about addressing these problems, but that's what whales interactive said that it was supposed to be about that. The trailer does not portray that at all. The trailer is her with like low cut
1: shirts on for like two minutes. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing is like, especially the the most revealing outfits seem to be reserved for when she's just talking to the moderator. Mm. Like, it, it, it looks like, it looks like those are not when she's on stream. She's just talking to you. And so there's a little bit of uh, mm, on that. Well, she's wearing like um, lingerie and like, yeah. it's and like, well, like, there's trying to a help
2: shot women of her leaning forward and yeah, like with you right. her could almost hanging see down, down and her the, shirt. Yeah. And yeah. like it just that, seems like maybe you should. Too much.
1: Seems like maybe you might want to have consulted a couple of streamers who had to deal with this problem. At some, they point. said they did. They said well, they, the, they researched for
0: four years and interviewed fifteen streamers who had all experienced
1: harassment through streaming. Well, I don't. Know. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did that. But I'm what I'm saying is like, did you run the concept of the actual game? By yeah. these people, like, did you show interview, the interviewing them for for like as like research to write the game is one thing. Showing them what you've done and saying, "Hey, what do you think about our approach to this?" is a very different thing. Yeah. So, I, I certainly believe they did research in that regard to like find out like you know situations and case studies kind of things from the people that lived it. Uh, but it doesn't sound like they asked them like, "Hey, do you think this approach is a good idea?" Because I think almost universally they would have been told no. Like you, you need to give. You need to give this the gamer girl of the title, the agency to handle the problem. Like that—that is—that is, I think, one of the that kind of the core thing I've seen from the the more reasonable. Like, like I, most of the people I've seen that I, that I follow anyway, or that I like feel the need to listen to, or know in real life, like didn't call it like, oh my god, it's repulsive trash, but it's just like this is not the way to. Do this. Yeah, he like, definitely really hit it on the nose. Yeah, yeah. No, I
0: struggled you, honestly with this topic over the last couple of days, trying to figure out what my perspective is on it because I don't, I don't want anyone to think that they shouldn't ask for help. And mm-hmm. so, the kind of the perspective I'm seeing from this is like, I don't need your help. It's like, but I want to help you. I want to help everybody I can in my life, if I, if it's possible. Um, and people saying that like it's offensive that someone would try to help them is a little weird. But then you watch the trailer and it's like, to me, that's not what the game is saying anyway through that trailer. So I've been just completely flummoxed by this and I really don't know where I'm coming down on it still to be honest with you. Uh, But one thing I do know is that that trailer's awful. And, it, and yeah. it, whatever Whales Interactive says the game is supposed to be about, it was not
1: portrayed in that. And yeah, so, whatever the game actually is, that trailer is astoundingly tone deaf. Yes, so, exactly. Um, maybe so, they're just pulling back and like they're going to cut a new trailer and it'll come out better or, or they're more, more effectively communicate like what they're going for. Um, I think the perspective of the game is skewed. Like, I think like if you want to make that work better, you needed to make it. Her doing stuff. You play stuff as on the streamer. Own, playing as the streamer. Like, and then
0: I, you just take like consultancy from your mod or whatever, but you're in control. Yeah, yeah. I, that would be a good way to handle it. But like
1: to do that, you have to reshoot the whole thing. So oh, like, yeah. you can't do you know. it.
0: It's not like a game where everything's running in real right. time. Once you've paid the money to shoot the stuff,
1: that's it. It's in the can, and yeah. like so, they got to do something with it. But I don't know. I don't know what they do. Like really I don't the sad know.
0: part is, like I'm interested in this game. It, like I saw the trailer, and I was like, that's really gross. But the concept of it intrigues me. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't cared about an FMV game in a really long time. So there's something there. Like if they can get it to an intelligent place, um, it might end up being a decent FMV game. Um, but the way they're handling things right now, boy, really, really bad. Although yeah. Whale's Will, interactive, to its credit, I think once the controversy hit, I think it, it did things pretty well.
1: It, yeah, it just, I mean, they're going to do what they can, I think. It's just, there's only so much you can do, especially because you've already shot everything. And like, even like the end of the trailer where she's running through the boat, the ship for like her yeah. ex-boyfriend lives on a, on a, on a, ship for some reason. <laughs> um, it's like, the
0: only location they could get for free, man. Right. <laughs> and it's like,
1: like there's, it's like you're hitting that kind of same found footage movie problem where you're like, why are you still filming? Like <laughs> <But you're, laughs> You think like, you're going to die, but you boy, think you I'm going to die. I'm not holding the camera up anymore. I guess <laughs> like I'm just, just how it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, also you're getting really good stream quality from a boat off the boat. Docs. Like, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> their Wi Fi must be excellent.
0: Um, but anyway, I'm intrigued by the game and the concept. I think it has an opportunity to be something cool, but it definitely yeah, and it's a it's a,
1: it's a subject that I think there's room to make statements on yeah, for in sure. games. And I think there need sure. to be statements made
0: on it, honestly. There's a but, lot of women uh, out there that are tortured by people that yeah. need this something out there to encourage other people, I think, to support them. And I hope that when that support is coming from a good place, they'll accept it. Um, yeah, but, but as the kids say, Hey, this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, it's not. So there you go, gamer girl. I don't know if we'll. We may never see this game again. In all honesty, um, we did find a mirror of the trailer, and it's up on that If you want
1: to check it out. Um, I mean, I do feel like it would be better to in the. I mean, maybe rework it. Maybe try to get some opinions from from current streamers like of the final game or something. It's got to. In the end, it's got to be better to like put it out there and be like, see what you guys think. Maybe we have screwed it up. Like, but just like we want your feedback and we'll do better next time. Like, at least that way you get some some money back from I agree sales 100%. somehow.
2: I rather see this game come out because I'm curious on what it actually turns out to be. Because the trailer is just a trailer. You can adjust yeah. a trailer to change a tone to make it what maybe the game isn't. Maybe the game isn't all this. Maybe this is just small snippets of of the different narrative that you actually get out of the game. Because I think there there is some good elements out of it. There just isn't that just the over-sexualization over-sexualiz- um, in that beginning portion just really threw the tone off completely to the point where well. it was really weird.
0: I don't know. So one supermaster gamer in the chat does bring up a pretty good point. He says, "But those streamer girls do exist. They use sexuality to give views." He's right. It's true. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge part of streaming. And- is girls and they and do sometimes and-
2: play dumb even though they may be very smart people like they sometimes play and- dumb because they are catering to an audience so, so yeah, it- you know
0: it- having the cleavage and stuff in the trailer I mean in all honesty it is kind of accurate to streamer culture but they could have chosen a streamer as the main character that isn't one
1: of those yeah members. especially if you're trying to make a statement of about a serious right. subject yeah. that you don't need to put that in there like you don't need to have that in there as titillation um, Notice the first a, shot. The first yeah. like two shots in the trailer, or her in like the black negligee
0: bending mm-hmm. down. still, like the first shot in the whole thing.
1: Yeah, so. it's just, and that might be the choice of the trailer. But like, you know, the trailer is clearly cut to give it a, a kind of an exploita- exploitation exploitation oh, film yeah. look. You know, that uh, fly on the wall type yeah. vibe. So. You know, they, maybe they, they could do a trailer that you know tonally feels a little more like it's treating a serious matter with, a, with with the gravitas it deserves. But if those are the clips you're working from, I don't know how you get there. You know, like it's yeah, they well, shot what they shot.
0: They did put a lot of effects on stuff
1: and so maybe mm. if they go back to the clean footage they might be able to work with it a little bit. We'll maybe. see. Maybe. I think that, you know, I don't know. Like clearly the footage they shot is her, you know, has her asking the moderator directly to do yeah. things or what should she do and like There's no getting around that. I promise if like your your creepy stalker ex-boyfriend calls you, you don't need to ask your moderator whether you should pick the <laughs> phone up or not. Like that's <laughs> it's it's, but it's, just, a
2: fair, but it's a fair point to say you would ask a friend and maybe the moderator. Like we yeah. don't know exactly what yeah. The, we relationship know what the relationship between, is between them, yeah. the moderator and the character. For all we know, like it could be your best friend from out of town or like best friend from another country and they're just being supportive of you on your stream. Now, that's probably not going to be the case, but there is, that is a, chance, a potential no. chance. That, that's that, not that what it in.
1: is from what I understand. From what I understand, it's supposed to be like an elevated fan. Big, it's a new moderator kind of thing. No. Um, and because moderators in Twitch streams have become the problem so often, people who have experience with this that's one of the reasons they're reacting so poorly is because a lot of times in the real life example of something like this the moderator would be the stalker Mm. so not us our mods are freaking great no, and our mods have never. Yeah, well, we also don't bend over as much. So. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want us um, to bend over. <laughs> but there is something to be. There's an interesting element of uh, to, to be explored in this like situ- this, this situation they're trying to address, where like you know that parasocial relationship that that pe- you have with the people you watch on YouTube or Twitch, and you kind of feel like you know them or like they're mm-hmm. you know are they're in your are in your face and in your house all the time because you watch them all the time and you kind of feel. But they have no idea who the hell you are, and like it can get really weird if you ever meet them at like a signing or something. And here's this person you think you know all this stuff about and they don't know who the hell you are from, you know, they don't know you from Adam as they used to, as we used to say about Adam's or greeting people. <laughs> and I would um, say not just Twitch. So,
2: I think that's, ex- that's not really explored much in just any like entertainment industry basically. Right. Like, it's, like the, the super fan and how far that goes where someone feels like they have a real connection. I know it's explored in TV shows a lot, but movies or any kind of other medium, it's not
1: really touched. It's touched a lot. I mean, not to the not in the specific social media realm. I mean, there was a movie called Swim Fan that's literally that. Um, but like the 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 cause there's always been that parasocial element to like people that are famous or things you watch all the time and that kind of thing. Um, you know, that's part of what stalkers do, but with social media and YouTube and stuff like that, it's, it's become a much more prevalent thing because everything's more casual. Things are not as like dressed up. It's, you know, so many of these things are just, we're just hanging out. We're hanging, you know, like Twitch streams in particular, just hanging out quote unquote, hanging out with this other person for like 12 hours. And like that parasocial element becomes more and more prevalent in a way that it wouldn't be if you're just like, say a fan of like Harrison Ford. And want to yeah. meet him? I like guess it's, it's just it's a different it's a different intensity level. I guess would be the way I'd say it. And yep. there's room to explore that idea in a game. I don't know if this is the game, um, but it is an ongoing thing, and it's a it's a it's a social phenomenon that I think has precedent, but it doesn't have an equivalent uh, outside of this new streamer YouTube culture. So, uh, and I think uh, the people to make that that piece of art that addresses that. Might be too young to do it yet, maybe because I think I think you're, you're looking for people who grew up in this, who 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 have been immersed in it for as long as they can remember, and those people are probably like still like fifteen.
0: Yeah, max fifteen. So
1: there you go, gamer girl.
0: Who knows if we ever see it, but it sure did create a really good conversation for Game Face, and <laughs> that way it has served its purpose. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Nintendo
1: Direct Mini that happened yesterday. Uh, I think Mini was probably I'm glad that they used Minnie, that moniker. Mini is it. definitely the word. I didn't even know this happened until like that and last night. Like I was yeah. like, wait, what? Why are people talking about Shin Megami Tense? What? Well a bit really early
0: in the morning um yesterday.
1: So you know I just people- completely missed I was up early yesterday morning. I just Did not see this happen. There's so many of
0: these things happening now, Matt. There's just no way to keep track of them all, and that is. I just figured. I
1: figured I'd just know what Nintendo. I figured Nintendo would say something. I just didn't see any of the the announcements.
2: They do a great job about setting expectations. Like they call thing Nindies, and so you always know like what you're going to get out of it. And so like we Mm. knew it was going to be Mini, and it was Mini for sure.
0: I'll be honest. I'm checking out from a lot of these now. It's like. I don't need to be there when they go live. Like, you know, we have Sifted. Stuff's going to be there, and if I really care about it, it's going to be at the top of my Sift,
1: and I'll see it. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly wasn't upset I didn't see this as it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but anyway, it, it was a direct mini, but they did end up sharing, I don't know, some moderately important news. Um, a game that was announced when the Switch was announced that disappeared for the last several years was finally re unveiled, if that's even a word. I guess um, four Megami. years later. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, we got the second trailer for that like four years later. Um, and it's not ready. It's still yeah. not coming until 2021. And they don't even have like a quarter for 2021. It's just coming just sometime. sometime. At- um, and then the trailer is literally, I think after I chopped off the head and tail, it was like 49 seconds. So, 57 you're close 57 so if you you look at 4 years we now have a grand total of about a minute and 10 seconds of Shin Megami Tensei mm-hmm. V I still really have no freaking idea what's going on in it um obviously I do it's Shin it, Megami
1: Tensei it's well, going to be yeah. the same damn game it's just you know there's an apocalypse it's like the difference between that and Persona it's like Persona is a high school simulator where you're solving people's traumas and mental problems by beating ver- like sexy versions of themselves up in their brains. Yeah. And uh, Shin Megami Tensei is an apocalyptic thing where you have to gather an army of demons to fight Satan. Like, those are basically yeah. what's happening in those two different series. Uh, the w- main thing that I, you know for a second <laughs> <I> like, paused. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. because when you stopped matt your face froze like you did not move <laughs> i thought your stream had stalled that was hilarious i thought he paused i literally thought he was done talking he was like
2: holding a pause for a second
1: i thought his, his uh his zoom just totally froze up anyway go ahead <laughs> matt it. the uh the thing that struck me was watching that trailer and thinking, like, you know, I remember when you couldn't put a cross in a Nintendo game. Oh, yeah. When you couldn't reference religion in a Nintendo game. And this one just starts with a giant Satan demon thing going, <laughs> your God is dead. And yeah, that's the We are in another era, I guess. I mean, Nintendo, look,
0: you've seen all the stuff going up on the eShop. Nintendo has no standards for that stuff like, anymore. Just, yeah. It really does not care anymore at all. It's done. I don't know if that went away with Awada, but. It just doesn't care. It's know. like, like any, anything. I mean, look, it's putting games like scorn and like these crazy AO games. And, yeah. yeah, It's like, it just, the, it, the gloves are, there, there is a lot of. Ang- okay. That time he did freeze. I believe anime <laughs> boobs on that. East- I mean, you froze too. When oh, I- so the whole call just froze. No, it was just Matt. Oh, Sorry, it Matt. was just mm-hmm. Matt. <laughs> 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 it froze for you, Kyle. There's something going on with your uh, connection. Um, this franchise has been gone for a long time. Is there still an audience for it?
1: Probably. I mean, it's pretty much the same people like Persona. Um, and honestly, if you've never played one, but you do like Pokemon, you'd probably like it. It's, yeah. The Shin Tensei. It's critters, for, basically. Yeah, the Shin Megami Tensei, the main series is much more about like collecting and raising and breeding and, and min-maxing the demons, um, the Personas. Whereas like the Persona games are more story driven, uh, like Nocturne is basically a giant dungeon crawl where you just have to build up an army. You know, they're more they're more straight dungeon crawls usually. Nice whereas segue. The Persona, whereas the Persona <laughs> games are straight up, um, like they're more traditional JRPGs, I'd say.
2: Well, before yep. you hop off of it, Shanks, I'm just uh, as a person that's a little younger that hasn't really, I've never experienced Shimigami Tensei, and I've only heard of it because of Persona Five. Mm -hmm. And I played a little bit of Persona 4. And so I think there's a really good opportunity here for Shimi Megami Tensei because of the success of Persona 5 and how much more recognition it has as just a more general audience of gamers compared to the really hardcore Japanese audience. So I think it does have an opportunity to break out just like Persona 5 did.
0: Um and that's not all. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne is being remade for Switch and PlayStation 4. Um, a classic from
1: yeah. what year Probably. was that? What year was that? That was when well, that was PS2. 2003 so, I'm going to say it was I, I think that was 0203 around there. Yeah. 0304. Yeah. And so
0: this game so what we're getting at is this game will absolutely oh, benefit from a remake. Oh, that's what it on the trailer. <laughs> What, is it? what year? 2003 says in okay. the trailer. Okay. Um, this game will absolutely benefit from, and it looks like it's yeah. a remake and not a remaster, though it. Yeah, I think it would have to be.
1: Yeah. But if you watch the trailer, it doesn't look like a complete like. Well, it's sort of like this. The it's sort of like the uh, Steam version of Persona Four Golden that went up. Yeah. It's like it's. It clearly was a Vita game, but. They did redo a lot of it. Yeah, it's just, they didn't that's redo what it looks it. like. This is going to be. Yeah, so it's. I mean, this is pro- Nocturne's probably the best game in the series. So that's a good, a good call. Um, it is so story light that it might as well not be there. Like it's almost like, um, yeah, the world ended. Uh, you need to gather demons. Come back in <laughs> seventy hours. We might have an ending for you. Like it's, it's pretty much what happens. Yeah, and Dante's in there somewhere. Like that's you know from Devil May Cry. He's in yep. there.
0: Yep, uh, but it is heralded as one of the better RPGs from that generation. So definitely something to keep an eye on. That's coming in the first quarter of 2021 again for Switch and mm-hmm. PS4, um, and then from there, the uh, the interest level drops off a, yeah.
1: pr- a great deal. Aren't they, aren't they also doing Persona Three? Um, I missed that. I don't know. I didn't see that, man. I saw Maybe? something about Persona Three recently, like, in the last few days. I thought that was part of that. Did I didn't mean? see that, but it's possible. That would be cool because that's a good one too.
0: Yep. Uh, next up, Cadence of Hyrule DLC, an indie game with you know, the Zelda license that's been out for quite a while is getting DLC, and it is a big, big, beefy chunk of DLC. Uh, for those of you guys who don't remember, it's an RPG where you have to attack and move to the beat of the music. Um, the It was basically the spiritual successor to Crypt of the Necrodancer, if any of you have played that, um, with a Zelda paint job, obviously. And there's a bunch of DLC coming to that and it is pretty robust and I was pretty impressed with uh, the expansion to that game. I never did finish that game now that I think about it. I got to a certain point where I got frustrated and I couldn't figure out where to go and I quit. Um, Because in that world the map was like really basic and like watching the map like you go to like the point that it tells you and there's a wall there and you're like oh I have to go somewhere else and find some other way and I just quit. So (laughs) maybe this will convince me to get back into it. Um, and then next up is Rogue Company, which is basically a free-to-play shooter from High Res Studios that's on everything. Um, and Nintendo Direct is probably the only presentation that this game would have made it into. I'll yeah. be perfectly honest with you. It's just not, I mean, if you look at the, the numbers on Sifted for that game, it's doing nothing. Um, the fact that Nintendo decided to put it in a Direct, I think, shows you something that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, And then the final game that they showed was WWE Battlegrounds. We'd love to show you that, but every time we run footage of that game in Game Face, we get copyright flags from the WWE. So um, we can't show it to you, but they did show the Switch version of that arcade-style WWE game. um, And we got the first look at that, and then that was it. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't mini, so you shouldn't expect too much. And Nintendo did say that there are more presentations coming before the end of the year, so we'll get some more of this stuff.
1: But what was your overall takeaway from this, Matt? Um, Like, we still don't know what the hell they're releasing for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have any games for Q3 and Q4? Because, like, seems seems like no. I mean, I'm sure they do, but they're just not talking about it yet, and it's weird. I mean, if you um, think about it... Like, it's what, weird that you show me a Shin Megami Tensei game that I haven't seen for four years and then tell me it's coming out next year and I still don't know what's coming out in October. Like, I don't know what the deal is there.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what known Switch games are there right now? There's Metroid Prime 4, there's Bayonetta 3. Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild 2, 2.
1: Pikmin 4, maybe. And the, the rumored Mario Remaster Collection. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. it. I guess, My guess is on is their
2: it, DLC for Pokemon.
0: That's probably what they're trying <laughs> yeah, to bank yeah. on. Yeah, that'd be a huge mistake. <laughs> you're never going to make enough money
1: to float Q3 oh, and, uh, uh, like po- the Pokemon Snap. Oh, Pokemon,
0: Pokemon that's right. Snap.
1: That's right.
2: Yep, well, feel like if you're going to announce something, like seriously, now's the time. I mean, you got Sony revealing their kind of. And into the future lineup, you got Microsoft in two days doing mm. that. Like, this is maybe the that's why they
1: st- maybe that's what they didn't. Maybe they figured like, wait, wait, from, to, wait till wait till August, wait till the, the new console hype dies down a bit, and less signal. And we'll replace. see something like I don't know. Like, maybe it just felt like it just felt like such an also ran this thing, and like maybe that was the point. Maybe the point is like, oh, we'll just throw some stuff out there because, like, if you are interested in any of this stuff, and you know, probably just Cadence of Hyrule and, uh, and, uh, Shin Megami Tensei, but like, you're, you're not going to forget about those things. If you care about those things, you're not going to forget about them in the wake of PS5 and Xbox series X. They're, they're unique properties. Um, but like, it's, it was a weird move, I guess, just to try to keep, keep being part of the conversation, you know, in this week of like crazy, you know, big new announcements, I don't don't really understand why Nintendo did it now or why it would do it direct
0: when it had so little to show. Um, To me, I'm hoping that this isn't an inflection point because I'm starting to think that it might be, that this might be the point where the Switch goes the way of most prior Nintendo consoles and in the last couple years of its life you're just scratching for a game to play.
1: I don't know. I mean they've they've had a fair number of things to play that are exclusive to it the last few months, even if you weren't interested, you know. Look, I'm I'm glad it doesn't run well and I'm I stopped playing it in waiting for like some updates to like make it run better, but Deadly Premonition 2 is a is not insignificant to me. Um, Paper Mario is a solid release, and that was announced out of nowhere about a month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, you know, this gives you hope stuff. for Q3 and Q4. But and the, and the everything, yeah, and everything we just listed is all like top level stuff that I definitely want to play. Um, like, I think part of it re- determine, is determined by what their plans for you know the successor to the Switch is. Are they doing that sooner? or Are they doing it later? Uh, they said recently that they have no interest right now in even thinking about
0: its successor. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that's smart. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. That's, I mean, if
1: you're making you, money like that, why would you? You can ride this thing for quite a few more years if you want to, even if you put out like a Switch Pro sort of thing to, to fill the gap. It's um, always going
0: to be a handheld. I mean, it's, yeah. oh, it's going to remain relevant for a long time. And because it does connect to the Internet and you can just download software to it, like...
1: It could remain relevant for a long, yeah. long time. So I'm, I mean, I'm sure they have stuff. They're just not talking about it right now, and it's a little odd. But I don't know. Like, it's not like I'm not going to buy Breath of the Wild two or Metroid Prime four if they announce it a month before it comes out. Oh yeah, well. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I suspect still, that will happen with those games. Probably though. not. But I do still, I do still suspect a 2D Metroid from Mercury Steam. Like it's like they've they've had two two something year, two and something year, years and change. It's time to see something from them. And And they're uh, very
2: cozy with Nintendo. So I wonder if they were like, they decided to kind of hold off big announcements because Paper Mario just came out and they didn't want to take the limelight from it. Even though, like, it's not getting rave reviews, it still captures some headlines to, like, just not overshadow it.
1: Because those those
2: announcements to me, like, that they made sound like they're big games in a niche group like shimmy Gone tensei like i said has an opportunity to break out a little more mainstream because of persona 5 but the rest of those games are very niche like it, it i don't think that any of them are big hitters
0: well wwe could be but
2: i don't yeah, care about just, wrestling
1: but a lot of people do uh,
2: yeah i don't care <laughs> yes. about
1: wrestling either <laughs> yeah it's just a i i don't know i mean paper mario is kind of out and it's doing what it's doing already um it's not completely out of character for nintendo to think that way to be like oh we got we just gave you paper mario so we don't need to give you anything big just yet um you know it's the old reggie thing of like uh, well we gave you animal crossing why are you asking me about games jeff Keeley?" and i was like yeah because we want more than that like it's, you know so i don't know like that's uh, they've kind of been gotten over that in recent years but it's they're, they've been playing coy about the second half of 2020 for a, while. a long time now, so I don't know what's going on. I'm sure part of it is just like they—they're trying to figure out how to position themselves in this fall of new consoles. That they don't have a new console, they need to—they need something exciting to pull your attention away from these new new machines. And maybe they have it, maybe they don't. But uh, they might just be waiting to see what's ready. Who knows? Well, the other thing too is that this direct
0: was supposed to be about third party and partners, and this is what they rolled out. Hmm. So it appears that. Maybe Nintendo's output isn't following the same pattern as prior Nintendo platforms, but it's starting to look like third party support sure is. I mean, yeah,
2: but then also you look at it. I mean, you're you're getting new generation of hardware where Nintendo power wise and capability technology will never be able to keep up. So like, they can't
0: keep up right now. They I can't mean, keep I don't up think, right now. And I don't think Nintendo really sp- fans care about that they, at all. I, I really.
2: understand that, but like you're going to, they're going to lose more third party support as we dwindle every single right. year because yeah, of that. As the because gap becomes, they,
0: I mean, look, they, these developers right now are basically performing like Wiccan magic tricks to get these games to work on switch. When they take the next step up, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah. A lot of it will depend on how the games are scaled. It'll be interesting to just see if, the Switch 2 or whatever it ends up being, if the Switch games work on Switch 2. I would assume that they will. It would be really dumb for them not to, but you know what? Nintendo shocked me many, many times across the years with stuff that I thought was a no-brainer uh, that they refused to do, so who knows? Um, but it, I would. what I would say is it's not looking good right now, but you're right. Nintendo has kind of fallen into this pattern recently of here's a new game, and it's coming out in two months, and I would not be surprised at all if that happens with all those Mario 3D platformer remakes, if Mm -hmm. they're like, they do a direct in August and in November, the collection launches or whatever. Um, And that's what floats them through the holidays through Q4. Um, But I don't know. I'm just starting to, my Spidey sense is starting to tingle Uh, from all the years working in this industry and following Nintendo very closely. There's something in the back of my mind is starting to go off a little bit about, What's happening right now with Switch? I hope it's wrong. Um, I hope it's just the devil on my shoulder, like whispering in my ear, and he's a he's wrong. Which um, is
2: disappointing because their their output has been great for this for this console yeah. compared to past consoles. Like this yeah. has been really they, good output for them. In, it's so good that shirt. they've
0: run out of IP. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they have I, released just a, a game for every one of their properties for Switch already. I can't, except for Pikmin. I can't well, really think would, of any I others. I don't count F-Zero. Mario Kart. I don't F-Zero. count
2: Mario Kart because it's
1: like, that was just a, a remaster. Oh, Deluxe? Yeah, yeah, I would,
2: I would want to see a new Mario Kart.
0: Yeah, Race.
1: Yeah. Basically all are the racing They haven't, haven't really hit the racing games, really. Yeah, they haven't done anything.
0: I mean, they haven't put, created a new Mario Kart for Switch, which is insane mm-hmm. because it's their best selling franchise. I mean, the 8 Deluxe has sold like 50 million copies or something crazy yeah. between I mean,
1: you could argue they don't need to just yet, but yeah. it's, getting, it's I mean, getting to be time. Yeah. So
0: Anyway, that's an intention. I won't be worried
1: and I won't be worried until if we get through August and no word on anything, then I'll st- then I'll join you in the concern boat. I say boat September. Right. I'm giving them
2: till September.
1: September is like starting to get into prime holiday territory. So like if you don't have that long, li- if you don't have stuff lined up and, and announced by then to gather pre-orders during September to release something in October that's weird it's My pretty guess dicey. Is they're it would releasing be dicey something
2: in december because that's what they did with super smash bros ultimate was they released a, they usually always release a game in december that's a first party game so that's why i say september it gives them yeah a but there's also like, you need fight.
1: more than that they need they need two games they need two big games for the rest of the year i mean i would agree but i, I if they're going to release one they need more than that they,
2: they need, need
0: more than two big games to get through the next six months but see that's what i'm saying like that's that's old Nintendo. <laughs> like yeah, well, we're you gonna get two just... games for six months. You're gonna play it. You're gonna beat it in a weekend, and you're gonna wait three and a half months for the next one. Do you think well, they would the, ever uh... try to
2: like if they have Breath of the Wild two ready to go for this holiday? Do you think they would drop it in November to compete with the next gen of consoles?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep. They could. They could throw it in the middle of all that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Absolutely. It'll help. People, I mean, and then they have the value proposition as well. I mean, they could really pull a double whammy if they release Breath of the Wild 2 and drop the price of Switch on the same day. And drop it by like 50 bucks or whatever. They could actually take away a good bit of business from Sony and Microsoft if, they, if it did that. So they have a lot of opportunity, that's for sure. I mean, and they're doing very well. There's no denying that still. Um, I'm just starting to see some flags go up that have me a little concerned. But you know what? I've already got my money's worth like 20 times over from the Switch, and I can't say I ever got my money back on Wii U. So (laughs) let's celebrate. This has been a great generation for Nintendo, and I don't want people to think that I'm down on Nintendo. It's done a great job, but I do think we're starting to see sort of the law of diminishing returns with this software here. But it's been like four years, so it's kind of understandable at this point. Even... Sony, but the PlayStation 4, the last couple years for PlayStation 4 haven't been all that great either. So um, it's just kind of a natural progression, particularly when you have a turnover of a new generation every five to seven years or whatever. So letter grades for this, I'm going to give it a D.
1: What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm probably like a D. And honestly, it's only because I like Shin Megami Tensei. Everything else is is useless to me. Throw away. What about you, Mitch?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with you guys. It's a D.
1: Days of 3D, right across
0: the (laughs) board. Uh, It's very rare that we all agree on something. So that's good to see. All right, let's move on. We're gonna talk now about Xbox Series X. And there's a lot to talk about because there's a big event coming up on Thursday and we're both gonna give a prediction or two for what we think is gonna happen on Thursday. Um, But we're gonna talk about one, a lot of the news that has broken over the last five or six days and how that will relate to what happens on Thursday. Literally, it has been a litany of Xbox news over the last week. Uh, The first thing we're going to talk about, because I think it may have the most far-reaching implications into the rest of the Xbox Series X ecosystem, is that you can no longer buy 12-month subscriptions to Xbox Live. You can no longer buy an annual Xbox Live pass. Um, Currently, there are one- and three-month options available available uh, which makes sense. If you look at it, you're like, oh, if somebody buys a three-month thing right now, one, two, three, oh, there's the launch of Xbox Series X. So, Matt, there's all kinds of conjecture online about this, um, the biggest of which is, I believe, at least what I've seen the most, is that a lot of people believe that online play could be free on Xbox Series X. And so they've Mm. stopped with the annual memberships. They're only offering three-month memberships with the idea that those would end uh, when Series X launches. What do you think this is, Matt? Because this is a huge deal. No annual subscriptions for Xbox Live.
1: I think they're just folding the Xbox Live concept into Game Pass, and that's what you're going to subscribe to yearly now. So you think... Do you think, I think there's the not going to be cost? anything... Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any separate Xbox Live Game Pass anymore. I think they're going to be the, the same thing. They're going to call it, They'll have some name for it. They'll call it, like... You know Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Live, Live or something. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. So I think they're just folding all their those things, all those those two subscription things together into one package, and that's what it's going to be.
0: Now, do you think that the price will remain the same, so I can spend sixty dollars a year and get Xbox Live and Game Pass?
1: I think that's a possibility. Yeah.
0: That seems like Microsoft would lose even more money on Game Pass than it's already
1: losing. But I think it depends, it is I mean, Microsoft, it depends so. what they're after with. I mean, I think the Game Pass thing sounds crazy anyway. Like for most most of the time, I'm not going to argue with it because it's good for us. Mm-hmm. But um, I assume they have a plan. I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be 70 bucks. Maybe they'll, they'll crank it up at 10 bucks, just like all the games. But I like- mean,
0: that seems more likely. And how do you think people would react to that? Because you're asking someone to pay extra money for something they may or may not even want.
1: I don't know. I think it depends. That's the kind of the problem with like not seeing sort of the the OS and the and the integration yet is like, what is this thing going to do? What is the subscription going to get you? What are the bells and whistles is going to you know enhance on the console? Like, you know, I'm sure they have a whole presentation for us as to why this is a good thing and why this is going to be good for us and why you want to spend your money on it. We just don't know what it is yet, but uh, it does seem like they are going to streamline their subscription services into one unit would be my guess some big i I, I have a hard time believing that after all this time and all this free money they've gotten for a multiplayer that they're going to suddenly just make that free that doesn't that doesn't track for me it seems unlikely but it
0: also seems like something microsoft could do that could possibly turn the tide
1: yeah there there is a, a needle moving element to it that's true um, if you're like, look, you can, pull, you can use
0: online stuff for free and maybe now $60 a year is for Game Pass mm-hmm. and online play is free. Um, that could give them a boost when people are considering platforms. I don't think it would be something that would be a deal breaker for somebody um, or completely be the reason why they would choose one console over the other. But I do think there's some value in that for sure. I think regardless, something big is some big change is coming. There's yeah. some I mean, clearly huge I, thing that's going to be announced on thir- I assume on Thursday. I don't think so. It's really? Said, they said all You think people software. are the, the, Thursday's no all games. Yeah. yeah no, no, I've seen that. I still I still I don't know how you let this stuff go out there and just people just guess about it for like 3 months. I I guess it's fair because we're, look, I mean, at we're at not it, getting a price it, or a date.
2: But if yeah, but I don't if think we will get that I get either. It, but if you look at it Sony said they were only going to talk about first party and they shut off the console. So I think that that, that's
0: fair to say that, Shane. It's very possible. And if I don't want to go the next three months wondering what the hell's going on because it's not just this. There's all this other stuff that's going on too, which segues nicely to the fact that Microsoft just discontinued two of the three active Xbox One platforms. Xbox One X is gone and the Xbox all-digital version is gone. The only version left that you can buy of the original Xbox
1: is the Xbox One S. Um, what's that about? Well, I mean, we talked about that before, about basically killing those old SKUs and turning the the Xbox brand into this is what Xbox is. It's uh, it's the Series X and whatever they call Lockhart, which I think we've speculated would be Series S. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Wait, sorry. Correction, why leave the One S?
2: You, you said Xbox Series X. S is being discontinued or X?
0: Xbox X. One X is being discontinued. Okay, gotcha. And the Matt, Xbox you were, Matt, Matt, you were saying, digital version. Gotcha, the Xbox One S, and I know it's so confusing.
2: Well, the One S is
0: still available.
2: Sorry, the only thing I say is, Matt, because you were saying, uh, when you were talking about your point, you were talking including Xbox Series X, but that will not be an option anymore. It's Xbox Series X. I mean, S
0: see <laughs> the, the, the nomenclature is so bad man it like, it I, just don't know, really I don't know is... I, 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 what yeah exactly <laughs> uh,
2: sorry when you were saying your point matt you were like it's part of the family and when you were saying the consoles that were in that family you were saying xbox series x but it's being discontinued so it, they're not going to no it's not that. series oh. x is the new game new
1: system no xbox
2: one x is being discontinued sorry uh, yes correct and oh never let's mind. just stop go ahead, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> let's, matt. Let's sorry
0: <laughs> no, my (laughs) The point was, do you think that in any way the discontinuation of those consoles are tied into um, the changes in Xbox Live subscriptions? Like, do you think that there's some big thing that all this stuff is wrapping up
1: into? No, I I think it's just part of part and parcel of them trying to, like, you know, unify the brand and have everything be Xbox and all the games work on this one one box that you buy and it doesn't matter, it's not a one, it's not a 360, it's not a, anything like that. It's just as an Xbox Series this or an Xbox Series that and everything works on it and you're done, it's an Xbox. And then we can bring out another one in five years, it's a little more powerful than the Series X, we'll call it a Series Z or whatever, and that'll be that. I think it's just part of their consolidation of the brand into a, a numberless cell phone model, basically. Um, and then the final piece of news, um, well actually there was
0: one that was added today but the third piece of news is that backwards compatibility on Xbox Series X is going to be amazing Microsoft committed this week that every single Xbox One game as long as it's not a Kinect game will be playable on Series X day one um, I don't know how Sony can top that I, just, I think that at this point is an advantage that Microsoft is going to have when both these consoles launch
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I do think that because of at least if what Cerny was saying is true, um, and that like most of PS4 will be supported and the top one hundred will be enhanced, I feel like you're probably gonna have to dig pretty deep in the PS4 library to find something that doesn't work, uh, at least in the launch window. I guarantee you I have some things that won't yeah, yeah I, I don't sure. like that Godzilla game is probably not gonna work <laughs> on launch day. I, probably so, I'm not. assuming. Which is too yeah. bad because I like that game. Yeah. But um, but like this, this is a this, this just kind of this universal claim of Microsoft is very bold it's just to say like, yeah, it all works unless you want to play a Kinect game. And who wants to do that? This far um, out, too. What a, I mean, when, what a difference, like what a difference from a last generation where you're going to make me pay an extra hundred dollars for this Kinect they don't need. Now, and now sure there's that like, we can't play the Kinect. Yeah. Now there's <laughs> like, yeah, well, you're not even going to be able to no, we're never talking about this again. Like, forget it. I'm sorry. Connect Star uh, Wars will never be backwards compatible. You're done. Yeah. You,
2: You are missing one another big piece of news, Shane, from Microsoft, that X Cloud is going to be included with Game Pass Ultimate.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's true.
2: Which I think furthers matt i kind of of assumed that that was going to be the case yeah and which i think it furthers matt's point where i imagine basically what's going to happen is i don't think they're going to give the internet away for free they're not going to do that i don't mean online play online play they're not going to do that um i see them basically creating the skew like matt was saying in regards to like the xbox family and then saying here are the tiers you can have for online play you can do like Game Pass Ultimate and have X Cloud included with it, and you get your your um, gold subscription with Live in it, um, including with Game Pass. Or like this is just Game it's Pass. It's really like, they're, getting they're, confusing. It's going to get like <laughs> if history says anything, Microsoft is going to find some way, unfortunately, to to really confuse the consumer on <laughs> this online play stuff if they're trying to consolidate and make tiers because that's basically what it sounds like they're doing,
0: and they got to name I think they it. should just simplify it, honestly. They should and just I would make hope that subscri- Microsoft is going to do that. You're probably right. That's not in Microsoft's DNA. It does tend they, to overcomplicate everything. I think they're going to think
1: they're simplifying it. Right.
2: It's yeah, actually overcomplicating. Yeah. It. They literally should just make two tiers, one with Game Pass, including your xbox live uh xbox live so you can play online and then another one where it's game pass ultimate that includes pc and xcloud and then all uh, the past one included with it like as two,
0: long as that tiers. first tier is 60 dollars, i'm cool uh, if if they're increasing 70. the price of xbox live and forcing me to get game pass i'm not cool with it and
2: i don't think most consumers will be either but i think the thing is shane it's going to be a, a monthly subscription so, like the the total cost would have to equal, or is Game Pass not
0: monthly? Xbox Live right now is five dollars a month. No, so I'm if sorry. they end up jacking I, it up to Game like, Pass. if I have to spend ten or fifteen dollars a month now to get Xbox Live because they bundled it in with Game Pass, f you, f you, yeah, that would be a terrible decision. I but can't they, imagine. They get free games, Even Shane, at Microsoft, I don't get think. Free would do games.
2: It. They that's that's their selling point. That's, that's yeah, a, but they're oh, free games that
0: I'm not choosing. They're not free though. But, but you're, paying t- but guess, Shane, you're paying ten bucks extra of what you're paying on Xbox Live. But uh,
2: you can make the same argument as what Sony did when they did the PS3 to PS4, which was they included. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm PlayStation. Well, but Plus. it was free. It, it went from free. free. No, PlayStation Plus wasn't first free. And, and no, I'm saying
0: online play was free on PlayStation for a really long time Correct. and then they started charging for but it. But then they
2: charged online play going from PS3 to PS4 and there weren't many complaints there because you still got people were happy because they still got to play some free games. No, so there I weren't think, any
0: complaints because people had already been paying for it on Xbox for the last 10 years. The people were looking at what Sony was doing as like a godsend. Like nobody expected Sony to do that. They, they were just appreciative of whatever amount of time they got where they were able to use the network
1: for free because they they were paying for it over on Xbox all that time. Um, also, the difference between uh, PlayStation 3 Online Play and Xbox 360 Online Play... You got what you paid for. You got what you paid for. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, I hardly played anything online on PlayStation 3 other than like Uncharted and stuff like like first party stuff. That was it. I think there
1: would probably be a tier system where like you've got a a baseline version. You've got a second, a middle version where you get like basically what would be Xbox Live Gold. And then you have an ultimate version which gets you Game Pass and everything. Um, That might be more. Yeah, I think they're going to integrate Game Pass and Xbox Live more into each other. So the middle thing might be like standard Xbox... Like I was, I could see like Xbox Basic where like you just get kind of the basic features. Xbox Gold, where you get um kind of what we'd consider Xbox Live Gold now, plus Game Pass on your Xbox Series X and maybe Xbox Ultimate, which gets you all the same stuff but across all platforms, PC and everything. Um, um that, I think actually that's segues, what after. that actually segues nicely into the final announcement from this week. I told you guys it was insane for
0: Xbox this week. Um just today, Phil Spencer uh said that uh his plan to get game pass on other platforms is not working out. And so Microsoft is not going to go forward with that plan. So um, he said that obviously the, his competitors don't want anything other than game pass on their platform. And Microsoft wants to roll out everything um, onto those platforms to make it worthwhile financially. So it looks like it's just not going to work out. So our dreams of, game pass on switch or whatever those are dashed and they're not gonna they're not gonna happen i never
2: saw it happening so i'm not yeah i mean it was a pipe
0: dream like i don't know what he was thinking he's got he's got bigger fish to fry right now than worrying about stuff like that at least i think um so finally we've come to where we're going to each make one prediction um for the xbox event first party event on thursday matt what is your prediction can be anything
1: um hmm. I mean, there's a lot of easy stuff, like four to four to eight. Um, I but I, I don't know. I've been saying it forever, but like I think we'll see Fable from okay. the other half of uh playground games. Like it's it's pretty easy, but other than that, I don't really know what to think. Um everything else would be a kind of a surprise. I just hope we don't get I just hope they don't hang all their hopes on Halo and Crackdown 4. How about that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mitch, do you have a prediction?
2: Oh, he took mine with Fable. Um, Let me think. Uh, Come back to me. I Take yours, and then I'll try to do a different one because I was going to say Fable.
0: Okay. Um, My prediction is that the initiative, the brand new studio here in LA, is going to show a first look at the project that it's working on, and it is going to look better than anything else in the show. That's my prediction. Got I one think, now, Mitch.
2: I think that Hellblade Two will be there showing gameplay, and it will be announced for next
0: year sometime. So, not so Hellblade Two not coming in this year. No, I think we
1: know that already, though. Do we? Do we? Yeah, Hellblade is next year. Oh, oh, I didn't know. I, that. I didn't know we had a release date at all for it. I thought there's it was, no release date, but it is not this year.
0: Okay, I, I, so they've already said 2021.
1: Yeah. Oh, didn't know they said said that. Uh, and we don't know when in 2021 could be q1 2021 who knows yeah and also Ep- epic did say that that trailer is running in real time on unreal 5 that trailer they put out
0: impressive for sure um so is that the end of your prediction mitch <laughs> I guess I'll change it because since Matt already <laughs> like said it already exists. Well, uh, it's kind of
1: hard because like other than that, other than like what we've already said, you're sort of like just sort of making stuff up out of thin air because we just don't know what Microsoft is doing. I guess like my, yeah. I mean, yeah. you
0: can use knowledge like you know the initiative has been around for a couple yeah. of years now. They should have something to at least show. And now, granted, the game probably won't be ready for release until like 2022 um, but they like, should have some stuff here, to show one,
2: here's one i think microsoft will show more exclusive games than sony did at theirs that's a good one mm-hmm. i like it, that it, prediction it may not be like gameplay it could just be titles it could just be showing off a developer talking about it but they are going to show off more exclusives because i think that's what they need right now yeah that would and be kind of revolutionary for them
1: absolutely even if these well, games
2: are coming out five years from now i think they will announce almost everything they're working on just to say hey we're working on stuff because that would be smart that's not what's their bread and butter like right
1: even now. if i'm not going to play that obsidian game for another two years i want to know it's coming right yeah. i want exactly. to know what it is yeah for sure uh, kevin
0: rafa says banjo kazooie revealed a new one mm-hmm. or maybe a remake maybe you know? where's battle
1: toads <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> like, maybe that game a, gets like a, a shadow game. drop or something on game. thursday i wouldn't be surprised how about, how if about, it okay. launches on thursday how about th- how about this like just like a mini prediction what would halo infinite have to be to get you interested like, how, dras- like how drastic a reinvention would that have to be it would Ooh. have to be really drastic it would have to be revolutionary like i would have to look
0: at it and say to myself that's halo
2: yeah, I would say the tone has to be completely different of what it's been. Like, I mean, I have to obviously recognize it's Master Chief, but like it has to almost come off as unrecognizable, but yet recognizable.
1: Well, we've already seen the engine, line. so you know that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I just you need to. They need to reinvent it into something that I don't know if they've got.
2: Like, if they the make Halo to into like a super action-packed like sliding on the ground running on the walls doing like crazy stuff like that that might interest me a little bit more and like master chief just like jumps up with a laser sword like a titanfall just, like, type mechanic yeah, titanfall ish i mean like come like still same with first person shooter but like just change it up like in regards to like how we would play it because uh, halo seems to be a little more methodical and not as much in your face and i think master chief is tough like Get them in your face. And like,
0: I feel like it's just lost to some of its intensity. Like, remember when they built mm. the first couple games, Bungie would always talk about how they built the entire game in like 15 second loops. They just kept stacking 15 seconds of fun on top of each other until they ran out of time. And that was the game. Uh, and I feel like since it left Bungie, that concept has kind of gone out the window. Yeah.
1: Well, I just would like to see them. I don't feel like after the end of Halo Three, they've ever recaptured the kind of the the, the mythic scope of uh, even if I didn't understand what was going on all the time. And I did get a um, I got a book called the myth the the Halo Mythos. It came out a few years ago, but it was on sale, so I got it. And like it basically runs through the entire Halo story from ten million years ago to the end of the events of Halo Five. And the thing that really struck me about it was that. The summaries, the summary of the prehistory stuff is crazy. You know, it's just like okay, forerunners and precursors and reclaimers, and then okay, whatever, guys. Uh, but you get to the Halo games, and the the summary of what happened from Halo One to Halo Three is like tight and focused. And this is what happened. This is the story. Da da da. And then they get to mm-hmm. like. They get to like Halo 4 and Halo Wars 2, and like the summaries are like nine pages long. Yeah. And you're, you're, I'm just like, what is happening anymore? Like, they completely lost the thread on, on what made those, those games work, which was they were, they were high, heightened space opera, basically, that just had it moved in broad strokes and it moved in big moments. And like, they just, four and five just don't have that. That's and the human element part of game that.
0: development. They yeah. don't have the same human beings working on the franchise. And the human beings that worked on it before had a different perspective on how what the game should be and how it should play mm-hmm. than the new people. And so, again, it's just, it's lo- it's just another shooter now is yeah. really how I feel about it. It's not anything special anymore. And I agree, agree with you, Matt. Halo used to be huge. Like, it's funny looking at the traffic for Halo Infinite on Sifted. It does okay, but, man, back, like, in the Halo 3 days, Halo was gold. Like, we'd put something up for Halo on game trailers and just watch it explode. Like, that's not happening anymore. No, And I think it needs a drastic reinvention before it ever will happen again. Yeah,
1: I tell you what I always think about, because one of the, I believe part of the premise is that they're trapped on the Ark. Um, which is like the the facility that was um, that they went to in Halo Three, mm-hmm. that was like outside of the galaxy and was like a forerunner like fallback base if the flood got out of control in the galaxy, and it basically had the arms of the, of the Ark have um, environments in them for almost every imaginable planet or habitat or animal. Like they co- the forerunners collected all these forms of life and stored them away, and that's why it's called the Ark, right? Mm-hmm. And like. I keep think when they see you know, Halo Infinite makes me think of Marathon Infinity, which was the third Marathon game uh, before Halo. The first Halo started being worked on, and Marath- Marathon Infinity is notable because it deals with multiple timelines. It deals with like various multiversal threads, and it's it like you you replay the same moments over and over, but you change time to do it, and that makes something else happen later. Like it's one of the most like. Ambitious stories of that mid '90s shooter era, and like only only Bungie would have been crazy enough to try it, and they did it, and it worked. And when you say infinity, you, you know, say infinity or infinite in reference to Halo. You make me think of that you make me think of that kind of thing and if you are kind of adventuring through this arc which is full of all these different environments and recreations of different planets and portals that beam you to god knows where like this could be a fascinating like trip through this whole in like various forms of environments you're the sky's kind of limit you're in a sort of a valerian in the city of a thousand planets thing where you break through a wall you're in another world kind of thing but I just hope we're not driving another warthog across a featureless plane again. Like, you know, like, like that's well, what that's if what I really mean. you look at the trailer, <laughs> that's exactly. It sure does look like it. <laughs> yeah, but there's it like portal. The like, now, though. <laughs> but there's like stargates around and stuff. So yeah. I'm hoping that like there's a little more give and take on the environment settings. Yeah. Um, what you? But, like, but would- I really don't know what this has to be to make me interested again because. A big change at least, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know.
2: With that premise of what you're going for, Matt, in regards to like these giant spaces that are completely different of different planets similar to Valerian, which I think is a, a really cool concept. I, I enjoyed that movie for that reason. Um, but do you think then it's going to tailor t- itself more towards an open world game? I think you they are, that?
1: yeah. I think they are going to go more of an open world concept. uh and I don't know. I mean, look, I, I mean, we'll, talk, we'll, talk we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that briefly. We'll talk about that later on with goes of Tsushima. But like, I still like the uh, the open world stuff. I still like that concept and that that formula. And adapting it to Halo might be a little different and a little difficult, maybe. <clears throat> Halo's always kind of been big open world games. Halo's like had it. open spaces, but they're pretty linear games. Oh, they're completely and, linear. Absolutely. Um So like having this be more so, of a, I mean... But I'm saying the combat actually working in like wider, more open
0: spaces, it's already been proven that it can.
1: Right. Well, that was like the draw originally it was yeah. no one else was doing that. Um You know, outside of something like Serious Sam, which is more of an arcade shooter, whereas like right. you had in, in the original Halo, even if you weren't impressed by it because you'd already been playing multiplayer on PC with things like Tribes, the impressive part of Halo was really the scope and the and the music and the mythic quality and the fact that these enemies ran around, hid behind rocks, like they used tactics. Yeah, the AI like, was so realistic. Like it just for wasn't. This time. There wasn't any comparison in in shooters to that really at the time, and it changed how you. And it was all you know. Once once they did more interviews about it, it's like, oh, it was. It's not even what the enemies are doing. It's about the enemies being aware of the environment and acting like they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. It's an illusion, but it worked. And they kind of got away from that. And as the Prometheans got brought in in Halo Four and Five, they. Discarded that completely. It's just, yeah, they just don't feel fight.
0: alive anymore. No. That's the thing. The enemies in Halo always felt alive, like they had personalities, mm-hmm. like they would talk about their like brother. You're like, dude, you're a creature. What are you talking about? Okay. But there was just war, war, war. this, yeah, there was just like this vibe <laughs> about the games that the last two haven't had. So, most importantly, I hope they get the Halo vibe back. Whatever mm-hmm. they have to do to get it, I'm cool with it.
1: Master Chief got his groove back.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be better than Hal Stella got her groove back, probably. I, do, uh, I, mean, I, I literally asked that question because I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, know. I don't know what they can do to Halo Infinite to make me sit up and bark again.
0: Well, we may find out on Thursday what they shouldn't do to make you sit up and <laughs> bark. We'll see how it goes. Just two days away. Uh, okay, we're going to talk next about Metacritic. A little bit of inside baseball discussion here. Uh, Metacritic this week decided that it was going to pause publishing user reviews or actually pause users submitting user reviews until 36 hours after a game releases. Um, I honestly don't give a crap, Uh, (laughs) but but obviously users are pretty angry about it and pretty pissed off. Um, Matt, is this another one of those
1: controversies that doesn't deserve to be a controversy? Well, it doesn't deserve to be a controversy in the sense of like, hey, you can wait a day and a half to play the game before you start review bombing so it because met, that you that didn't is, like that a woman yeah. was in it.
0: I should have said that, actually. I should have mentioned that Metacritic in its messaging about this said that, look, you guys are reviewing the game and you haven't, you obviously haven't played it yet. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to give this 36-hour window to ensure that more people play the game before they give their knee-jerk reactions to it on uh, Metacritic and really we all know why this is happening. This is happening yeah. because the last of us part 2 was review bombed. Right now the user score and a has- bunch of games have been but the last of us oh, part yeah. 2 is just
1: the most recent It example. was but I
0: think be- that was kind of the final straw because anybody who has played that game can go to Metacritic and look at the user score and realize it's complete bullshit. Right. So it's yeah. uh, this is a problem for Metacritic because their job is to supply reliable aggregate scores. And when you yeah, have like the fam- current,
1: the current user rating for us was part two on Metacritic is 5.5.
0: Right. Which and is so, ridiculous. Yeah. That doesn't help anyone. It doesn't. It's not going to tell someone whether they should buy that game or not. And so Metacritic is put in this weird position of our services functionality is becoming obsolete because of trolls. And at that point, you've got to make a big move. And that's exactly what Metacritic has done. Um, now, Another thing I would say is when these sites popped up, Metacritic, Game what was it called? GameRankings.com. Game GameRankings Game or Game Ranks or something? That, like that. was yeah. GameSpot's website, which actually now has folded. I um, mean, it was first. It came out first. Metacritic came I remember along, that. And Metacritic came along, it did everything, and then and they had all the marketing money and GameSpot didn't care about really marketing its site and it just got annihilated and now it's gone.
1: Yeah, so game, and also, like, there was a lot of people that had trouble telling the difference between game rankings and Metacritic. Yeah, like, like it was a, they, People felt they were interchangeable, and so much yeah. of them were... The way they worked was so similar that some people thought they were the same site. Like, it was just not differentiated no. well.
0: Right. Now, back when those sites launched, I would definitely argue that you needed user reviews because the aggregate, official aggregate review score, was really only comprised of, like, 30 or 40 publications. It was, mm. like, 20 websites and 10 magazines. And so, yeah, like that's not scientific. You need probably a little more data to help you make your purchase decisions. But now there are so many publications on Metacritic, just hundreds and hundreds to the point where I honestly don't know that we even need user reviews for games anymore. Um, It's like when we did polls on game trailers, once you get to a certain number, things never really change. They just stay the same because you would need... You basically need someone to carpet bomb it to change it. To be honest, which is funny. Mm-hmm. And so it's it. I don't see really any
1: value in the user reviews at Metacritic anymore. Do you? No, I, I've never seen value in user reviews of anything. <laughs> frankly, I, I just I can count the number of user reviews of, of that seem to have like thought and usefulness behind them in on one hand that I've ever read for a video game in the history of doing this. Like it's. Not to say that, like, people shouldn't be able to share their opinions, but it's like, I don't care about that side of the page, basically. Like, it's, like, I might read it for entertainment, just to see, like, what crazy things people are saying. But, like, you know, I know when I look at the user reviews on things, if they're, like, just, you know, distinctly skewed from something from from the critics' reviews, or if they're just, like, ridiculously low for anything that I know is not a legitimately bad game... Like you just often weird. T- there's, an, there's an agenda there, and there's no check on like you know. Have you really bought the game? Have you really played the game, etc. So it's just you know it's very very susceptible to that kind of thing. You know, and and the same kind of thing applies to movies and TV shows. You know, that yeah. Metacritic has that Happens has all had all the problem along. for a long long time. Um, and yeah. I think uh, you know th- th- there was a lot of Trouble with that surrounding things like uh, Batman versus Superman, I think. and like the, oh, the been war, several movies that have just got lit The war over movies. stuff like that. Um, and it's just, I don't see what... I, mean, I know it drives engagement because, like, you know, look, Last of Us 2 has 131,000 <laughs> user ratings here. And that's
0: why Metacritic yeah. will never, ever
1: <laughs> get rid of user
0: reviews. My guess is that user reviews or reading user reviews or trolling... Probably represents at least 50% of Metacritic's traffic. Oh, that would be my guess. And it I, may be may, way higher than that. I'm trying to give yeah. Metacritic the benefit
1: of the doubt here. Well, I don't think so, it's Metacritic's fault. I think it's the fault of people doing that to it. No,
0: no, I didn't say it was their fault at all. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, Metacritic, I think, is making the right decision here. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, Will they lose traffic? Yeah. And I admire Metacritic for saying, you know what, we're going to do something that's going to make our website better, but it's going to make us lose traffic because I believe that ultimately when you do that, you're going to get paid back for that in the long run. You're going to lose some people at first, but over the long run, it's like the stock market. Oh, there's a dip, but still it just keeps going up. So I think
1: that they've made the right choice. I don't read user reviews at all. But some, you'll miss out on it. So I, I just pulled up Paper Mario to see, like, comparison, like how many user ratings there are for that, which is more like 800-something eight, because uh-huh. it's newer. But right. one, of the, one of the negative user reviews just says, bad game, very bad game, very, very bad game, very ultra very bad game, super very bad game, there 0 out of 10. Basically what like, they're doing is they're hitting the character limit for the review. Yeah, there's your uh, there's your insight yeah. that that because is weighted just as done. much as someone who wrote 500 words about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cuz that's
0: another thing that they've done to try to stem the tide of this is create things like that. Like you have to write uh-huh. at least 100 characters or you can't. So they just copy and paste the same thing over
1: and over so that they can leave their... There's another one that just says bad... For
0: all the characters (laughs) that they need. Exactly.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. (laughs) Again, do we need user reviews? I'm curious like in chat, do you guys think we need user reviews? Do you guys rely on them? I do. I I think so. You do. Absolutely. See, I I, don't. Like Even like Rotten Tomatoes, I never look at the user reviews for movies or anything.
2: I may not look at the... You know, obviously you're going to run into the those kind of reviews where matt read off where it's it's just comical to read yeah Yeah, but i think um i could use an example of when i was making content a little over a year ago Mm -hmm. i was talking about how days gone uh where reviewers probably i think i think unjustly uh lowered that uh had such low scores for that game where actually the user score i thought matched more up with what Mm -hmm. the game actually was i think it was like in 81. And I felt like days gone was around an in 81 in my mind as a user score. But I think the reviewer score was like at a 76 or something like that. And I
0: felt, I mean, that that's pretty close. Felt, it was close. <laughs> that's but not I that much of a disparity.
2: True. But I think, I mean, you're, that, kind, of, you're kind of splitting t-
0: hairs there. You It just, you really like days gone, but I think I mean, the, it's, what I'm reading from this, you really liked it. Other people didn't, you I, want the score. Again. I
2: enjoyed it. But I, I, but I think at the same time, you know, Seeing some reviewers giving it, like, actual journalists giving it a six, like, really brought that score down. But in the end, for me, it kind of helped uh, understand of, like, okay, I'm not outside the norm here of understanding, like, this game is actually a good game. It's not a horrible game. Where, like, if you get something in the sevens now, it's considered pretty bad. Like, it's considered... Like, it's average. Um, I, I, see, I mean, I, that's why it's a 7 to 10 scale that we always talk about. But I don't, I guess, in my mind, in the way I've seen, the way of games have evolved over this time in regards to, the, because there's not as many games in the market anymore, I see 7 as, like, you shouldn't touch it.
0: Like it's not something you should buy. (laughs) Five is supposed to be average. But
2: to be honest, like... (laughs) But they're fudging their scale so that seven actually becomes average. Yeah, so that's where the issue comes into play. And so that's where I think sometimes a user score does help. And so in that aspect in Days Gone, I think an eight really is where what people would imagine is it's a good game. It's not a great game, but it's a good game and it's worth buying probably.
1: I, mean, I don't I think the, trust the, the 71 the 71 Metascore for Days Gone kind of says that already to me. I don't need the 8.2 user score, but it is interesting to note that the user score has 6,300 ratings for Days Gone, another Sony exclusive that is pretty well liked on the internet as opposed to 139,000 rev- user ratings for Last of Us 2. Like yeah. that's the thing is like the 36-hour like grace period is one thing, but maybe once you start getting 100,000 more ratings than normal on something, you could shut that down a little yeah. bit to stop the brigading. Like, that's yeah, the, so that's sure. all,
0: then you know that people are organizing across the internet right. to come and flood the page. Yeah, um, And I'm surprised their site didn't go down. I mean, they basically doxed it, but it stayed up. They must have uh, a lot of money uh, going to Amazon Web Services every month to make well, sure. Well, at this point, happen. I think they're kind of used to it. That could be, yeah. They may just have it set up that way but all totally the time. But I totally
2: agree with them taking the 36-hour break because I agree that someone shouldn't be putting up a review if they've never played the game, especially something like, holy cow, like The Last of Us Part Two, where that one, you really need to complete that game before you can really say something Yeah, it, it should at least,
1: like, you definitely should actually have to at least wait long enough to complete the game. Which like, is
2: about the, the amount of time you need to finish that yeah, game. So about it works. Right.
0: See, Um, I don't trust user reviews because I have no context whatsoever. I have no idea who those people are. I have no idea if they're raging PlayStation fanboys. I have no idea if this is the first video game that they've played in the last three years. I have no idea if they hate this publisher or this developer. To me, without context, there's no value. So I, I think
2: sometimes yet, like, I totally agree that like you, you don't know who they are, but I think not, obviously every review, every user review, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt and kind of look at it thoughtfully when you're looking at it. So like something like the example, when Matt said there was only, what he said, 7,000, you said for days gone. It was like
1: 8,000. 8,000.
2: 8, it's not like there's a ton of people on there saying a bunch of stuff. So. You might run into people that are more.
0: That's a lot, to, by like, the way, Matt. Maybe jump around to another game that's like a year old and see how many reviews. I mean, how 60, 000. 000. See how
1: I mean many that's but that's the, also like that's ratings. That's where you just click the number score. And you don't, and don't you write a score. And you don't write anything. You're talking about written user reviews for Days Gone. There's two thousand positive, one hundred and fifty mixed, and two hundred and fourteen negative. Yeah. So that's that's you know you're in the you're in the low two thousands. I'm curious how that the average game, how many reviews it gets. Maybe you oh, can just look well, at, like, be, Assassin's com-
0: Creed Odyssey, maybe. Because I, Why my is guess wanna, is there's it. a lot more for Days Gone than most games because it's an exclusive.
2: Oh, sure. No, I, I totally get you. Um, because you get the
0: PlayStation fans rolling in there trying to defend their game,
1: and they're the, all giving uh, it 10s. The PS4 Assassin's Creed Odyssey has 2,444 user ratings and more like Seven hundred written reviews, way less. Yeah, less mm-hmm. than half of what you have for Days Gone. So there were,
0: there was some mobilization of PlayStation fans going there to yeah. jack up and the, the, score. the and Nintendo's exclusives seem to be similar, same deal. Yeah, they get their communities to go and try to jack up the score. So again, that's why I don't trust.
1: You don't know how any of this. But it really try. like the Last of Us Two thing. You can see why they made a move on that because yeah. that usually <laughs> can and the, remember the user. So the user score, like where you just tap. A number is the hundred and thirty nine thousand whatever on yeah. Last of Us Two. The user score on Breath of the Wild, which is probably like another, ga- you know, the clearly big game. Everybody knows about it. You know, huge numbers of fans. Been out for a long time. Been out for like three years. Fifteen thousand. Yeah, ratings. Yeah, and the and the written reviews are a little over four thousand. Yeah, quarantine so,
2: help with that one
1: a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the no, the Last of Us Two is just on a different level it's an from. Well, so, it's a, it's a well I think it was a
0: PlayStation exclusive that did not get great reviews. And so I'm talking about Days Gone, um, not The uh, Last of Us Part Two, And so mm-hmm. I think that's why you're seeing Days Gone have more than even those other games we were looking at. And obviously, we know the story with The Last of Us Part Two. It's just gross.
1: <laughs> it's really what it comes down to. It's just yeah. gross. And The um, and Last of Us Two, by the way, you know, yeah, 100, 132,000 uh, ratings. And 32,000 positive reviews, 33,000 negative reviews, and 3,600 mixed. It's insane. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, But
0: we do, all three of us do agree that this is the the right thing for Metacritic to do, to put that 36-hour hold on Mm. user reviews. Um, I think if you're trying to address the issue and you're not just going to get rid of them, which they'll never do because they'll lose so much traffic, this is probably the best way to approach it.
1: Yeah, um, even even Avengers Endgame only has 4,700 wow. user ratings. Like, Last of Us 2 is in another universe.
0: I mean, even Honestly. Days Gone did more than that. Almost double. Yeah. That's crazy. Holy crap. Okay, so anyway, I don't even know if you guys use Metacritic. We actually use it um, on the site we... We use their API to pull in their aggregate scores from critics onto the game pages. So if you go to our game page, you'll see uh, my score, Sifted's score,
1: and then their score, that's actually Metacritic's average for that game. The only Metacritic thing I care about is the fantasy draft.
0: Yep. (laughs) That's about the (laughs) only time it matters for me during the year, too. All right. It's time to head into our last topic for Episode 221. I think I've left enough time for us to discuss this game we're going to talk about Ghost of Shush- Tsushima, which could be the last PlayStation 4 exclusive, first-party exclusive that is ever <sighs> released, and chances are it probably will be. Um, did they go out with a bang? I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I are think you guys, so. I think all of us are enjoying, at the very least, enjoying the game. Oh, I yes. love this game, yes. Um, I am about four hours, four or five
1: hours into Act 2. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, how far are you into the game? I'm like halfway through Act Two. Okay. I, have, I have one more of the main things to do before I can do the thing you're supposed to do at the end of Act Two. Okay. <laughs> um, most. I, so I have most of the middle part of the island done. Uh, I have the I have 100% everything done on the first part of the island. Um, I've been probably playing for like 20 some hours. Um, Wow, Matt, you played more than I have. (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably I'm
0: less than 20. I think I'm probably around like 18, something like that.
1: I mean, I've been playing a lot of this game. This is uh, this is exactly what I wanted, pretty much. Um, This is uh, what I exactly what I was expecting. Exactly what I wanted. It does everything I like. It has a nice little, as we say, it doesn't reinvent the wheel of the open world game, but it does uh, refine a couple things, and I like the elegance of it and uh, I like the fighting and the story is nothing to write home about but I do think it's a serviceable samurai yarn uh, if you if you kind of love those old Kurosawa and, uh, and other kind of Chambara dramas and uh, I, I, I have every complaint I have about it is such a tiny little nitpick that it's almost not even worth it like it's okay. just good let's set up the this-
0: Story. Uh, you guys probably know, but I'll just give you a quick synopsis to frame the rest of our discussion. Oh, um, sorry for
2: context. I am in Act Two, and I've oh. basically almost completed the entire first island, like Matt did, um, and I've just been doing tons of side stuff. So I'm probably okay. like so. You're two at the hours, early part of Act Two. Two hours in Act Two, probably. Probably played nineteen hours. Okay.
0: Like that. All right. Um, so anyway, you live on the island of Tsushima, which is invaded by the Mongols, um, and that's how the game basically kicks off is the mongols are invading your island your leader the leader of the samurai is kidnapped and taken to a castle um and you are his nephew and so the main goal for the first third of the game the first act is rescuing your uncle from the castle and to do that you end up having to recruit several warriors that you come across um, and they all join your side, and then you go and you try to rescue the uncle from the castle, and then for Act 2, basically the the, the goalpost is just moved because you basically attack the first island, um, and then you move on to the second and third islands after that. Um, as Matt hinted at, and I was surprised to hear him say this, actually, but I agree with him one million percent, the story in this game is not very good. Um, it's it's kind of a baseline that's just there as a setup more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, after coming off of, and this may be unfortunate for this game, coming off of The Last of Us Part Two, the writing, the voice acting, the story, uh, the intertwining plot lines of that, I think probably affected my opinion of the story in this a little bit. Um, but I do feel like it stays true to the genre as far as the films are concerned. I would also say that it's probably better than most samurai movies that have come out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but also I believe that that's kind of a low bar. Yeah. I mean, it's they can't all be seven samurai. Yeah. Um, I would also argue that uh, in true Witcher 3 fashion, which this game takes a lot of influence from, um, the character side stories are better than the main story. Yeah, um, like there's, there's a... there's as you are big major, rewards for this side quest yeah, too. As you meet, you meet major major characters through the game, and then they get kind of their own side story uh, uh, tales. Their are called Tail called Tale, Tale, Tales of Mas- Masako" and "Tales of the Various." You know, and and those work real well. They're kind of they done do. episodically. Um, they have the more interesting stuff because the main the main story is a pretty standard. You know, Mongols try to invade, and you have to fight back and You know, there's there's a little bit of conflict over like whether you're being honorable about it because you know obviously samurai are not supposed to sneak around and stab people in the back, um, but they are so horribly outnumbered that Jin decides that this is the only way to do it. And uh, there's no there's no need to like choose really between which way to play, but like a couple. Yeah, that was a surprise
0: to me. I really thought that like the that the ghost versus the samurai
1: stuff would be more. Segmented and discreet, but yeah, we talked. Yeah, I think we talked about that when they did that big demo. And yeah, I, it's I not didn't at think all. they were going to do that you at can all, just which they did choose it's, to do whatever you want
0: whenever you want. Yeah, whatever, you, whatever the saying.
1: situation demands, you can do. Uh, and as, as I said, then I do tend to stand up and fight. More often than sneak around because while the sneaking is actually interesting and there's some some interesting ways to go about it, it's always faster to just kill everybody. <laughs> so, well, then like, doing
2: a standoff, you can take out two to three standoffs guys and, great and, and yeah. just one boom. And sometimes you can even take out the the head guy. And so then you mm-hmm. don't, the challenge, yeah, in the combat standoffs is are a little away. janky though because I, I it's like it. I try, I,
0: I like them, but like figuring out who you're going to stand off with is just like random. Like You're right. Every once in a while, I do end up being able to face off against the king of the camp or whatever. But more often than not, it's like some dude with a crappy sword that I'm probably going to kill with one slash anyway. I wish there was a better way to select who you stand off with. Uh, I really don't I, I, care. Really, I don't but care you, who you like, stand off against. In, in it's just moment, killing.
1: It's just killing people before you have to fight them in the main brawl. And it, right, but I'd rather it,
0: be able to select the tougher enemies to kill in the standoff so I don't the have the to actually fight them later.
1: Like the
2: point in at that time is whoever's in charge sends the soldier to fight the samurai because he says. I don't think
0: your, so. I think yeah. I've been able to actually select the. You person. cannot select who the, does it. The only way you can be. Close I do It's
1: random. It's not. It doesn't work that way. The only way you. I
0: pointed the camera right at. Enemies and that's the person that I stand off against. Yes, yeah, that uh, is
2: possible. Like you can yeah, get close. It's random. You, it, it. No, it's, it's not, that enti- guy. It's it not entirely random. It's uh, like sometimes I have been able to line up my my person in front of another person and get yeah. the standoff, and it works. they were the one to come forward. It doesn't I just work wish every it was better. time. Doesn't work every time, but sometimes it what does work that way. But I wish it was mixture. better,
0: and you could actually no see I, like I, a, just, a halo on somebody, so you know who you're calling
2: out. But it, but they who says that they would come to you? I think it's disingenuous to the 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 era you're in. like at that time, not that one. If you call out one soldier, doesn't mean that guy's going to come over. If they're in a crew, they're going uh, to listen to that commander. I'm just going to say
0: right now. I don't know anything about samurai history. I'm just talking about what would make the game more enjoyable for me to play. Maybe ah. you're a samurai scholar. I'm definitely not. Well, I'm not a samurai
2: well, scholar, but I
0: think it.
1: Uh, I think they- He just means that if you can't, if you can't, you can't choose who they send out to fight you. If you yell, if you stand there and yell, "Hey, send your best warrior," they're not necessarily going to send their best warrior. They're going to send private moron who's, you know, someone can lose. confident
2: like unless he's confident sometimes, be like, yeah, like sometimes you get a good guy out, I don't but.
1: know I, to me like I you know I play this game 20 I could play this game another 40 hours and it would never occur to me to think that about about. I what thought it the first time about. I used. Like it's. It. I, I was like, why I can't I could call not, out person I want? I I could not possibly care less who comes out to fight me, me for too. those things. Like it's just to get your resolve maxed out before you fight the rest of the guys in the in the group because everybody else is gonna die anyway. Like it's nice when the big guy comes out so I don't have to do so much dodging. But like, meh, like whatever. Especially when you get it like leveled up so you can do three of them. Like you're just like yeah. it's just free kills at that point. Yeah, um, and the renown that goes along with it as well,
0: yeah. which gives you the ability. We should probably explain the resolve. That. Yeah, yeah, resolve. So the way resolve works in this game, there are these y- little yellow dots at the bottom of the screen, and for every dot, you can basically it's a
1: heal. Mm-hmm. Um, but as or, certain, or you can do super uh, power like special right. moves with it. If yep, you, want. you can use special like, moves. with it Mostly for healing.
0: And as you as as you start working through the skill tree and upgrading stuff, there are things that you can activate that will replenish renown, and one of them is the standoffs. Um, when you first start, you can only just stand off with one person. You can eventually level that up so there, you can instant kill like three. So you'll kill the first guy, and then two more will rush in and as long as you time it right you can basically just kill three
1: enemies all right in succession although there seems to be something more cuz there is a trophy for killing the maximum number of enemies in a standoff and i have not gotten that yet even though i've killed three people over you know 100 times in those yeah. so yeah, there the must tree, be something more to the, it the tree somewhere
2: seems to grow like all of a sudden i thought the tree was finished and all of a sudden uh, i got the ability to stab a guy through a door and then all that, of a sudden, that, that, I
0: got that just by doing it in the game. Yeah. I know
2: I, that's my point. Like you got so far in the game, and then you did that, and then all of a sudden, that ability appeared in the tree, and it wasn't there before. So I think well, more that one you can't upgrade be, either.
0: There's know, no like upgrading it. I so that, I just I, think it was kind of like a token. They're like, yeah, you can do this now. throw that uh, in there. But I think yeah. it's,
2: it's showing as if uh, because throughout this game, they constantly are adding new things. Uh, to you as the player and things that you can do in regards to like armor you can upgrade abilities you can do stances so i think there's i think it shows that even though you see the skill tree that's not everything you can do like they're going to add more to the skill tree as you keep going
0: but mitch that that attack was showing the whole time it was grayed out but it was there and then once you do it in the game then it just you can see it Oh, yeah, they haven't they added it. An, yeah, yeah, it was there with oh, a lock okay. on it. It, was, yeah, it, didn't, it, was always it didn't appear there. after you did it. It was there. Oh, okay. I must have missed yeah. it then. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the combat or the dichotomy of the combat. So, Matt, you say you go swords blazing all the time. Most um, of the
1: time, like it depends what I think is going to go faster, or like I will go stealth if there's like hostages because they do the thing where if you get in an open fight, usually like one guy will get a skull over his head and he want, which means he's going to run and try and kill the hostage. Yep. Yeah. So then you got to run over there and fight him real fast. Like yeah. so, if there's hostages, it's usually easier to just do the stealth thing. But if this is like go clear the the camp out, like once I get the bonus objective done, like I'm going like I'm going loud like immediately. Like I yeah. I, I will kill them much faster doing that.
0: To your point about trying to fig, deciding which which role you want to play based upon how quickly you can finish the fight, that was the impetus for me saying, I wish I could call out a guy for the standoffs. Like, I also want to be able to finish
1: it as quickly as possible. Um, and you said... No, no you, one lasts much longer against me than anyone else, really. Except yeah. some, some early on, the, the big guys with the axes were kind of my bane. But eventually I learned that I can just, once I got the slow time thing with the, with the bow, I just oh, roll yeah. backwards, point the bow at their face, slow time down, shoot him in the face, and he's dead. Like I mean I the, the I never is, learned to fight those guys effectively. Is what I mean, I'm that's
0: kind of the thing with this game. <laughs> the, to me, the game is really easy. I've really faced very little resistance. And when I did face any resistance, I just stealthed it and just wiped it out. Um, the bow is so freaking overpowered in this game. It's like basically a one-shot kill once you get it to a certain point, almost no matter where you hit an enemy. And once you start adding on those extra features like you talked about, like the slowdown, um, it's just a killing machine. Like I just, it it, it was, there was so little resistance playing this game that I kind of started losing interest a little bit, which was good because then I would just jump over to Paper Paper Mario for a few hours and, and then come back. Um, But I did not feel a lot of resistance. And so to your point of, you know what, they're all going to be dead anyway, I understand what you're saying. Because I don't feel threatened by hardly anyone in this game. Um, You can also manipulate the AI in the game really easily. Like, you can just run away. There's a certain point where they just stop and turn and run back. So I just figure out where that spot is. I run to it. They come. They turn to go the other way. And I just start shooting them in the back with the bow. Like... The stealth, like the enemies can't see squat. like you can literally be right next to them and assassinate them. like it
1: is really easy, I think. Um, I do, it's, it's, it's not I a super really challenge, die. but I will say yeah. this that like uh, you die real fast if you don't if you get shot you're dead. yeah like they're you know, and now, of course, I've got a huge life bar and tons of resolves. like yeah, it's it's much, much harder to kill me. Uh, like I don't know, like the closest I think I've come is when you first get into Act two. And you start fighting the Mongols up in that area. They mm-hmm. have a lot more. They have new, some new weapons. They have some new uh, some new armor. Yeah, and like they have some. You can't have, shoot it, them
2: in the head. You have to shoot one them thing. In the body I do appreciate like one thing
1: I do appreciate about the um, the the standoffs like moving forward in that game is like there is a huge variety of animation of them finally because when the standoffs uh, happen, you have to hold triangle. Like as your your hand on your sword because it's the it's the classic samurai thing where they they draw the they draw the the sword real fast and kill the guy before they can blink and the way you do that is the 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 enemy stands there and kind of like he'll like kind of faint at you a little bit but what you have you have to wait for him to actually charge Lunch. at you and attack and then let go of triangle and he slices him. Um, and the the animation variety of like that those lunges and the behaviors vary per enemy type and like I've been pretty impressed. They don't fool me much, but I, I've been pretty impressed by the amount of work was put into like not making that by rote every single time. And then you start running to more enemies that are even better at sword fighting, and I've actually been fooled a couple times by them. So I appreciate that they they tried on that one. Usually, you do feel like just an. an I mean, kind of of, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's kind of the part the point, of Yeah, I mean the part it? it's part of the point. It's part of the theme yeah. of, of being the ghost, as they call you, is like you are this like inhuman killing machine. And and eventually, people start to
0: get scared of you after yeah, a while. some of your
1: some of your high level abilities will unlock the, a percentage chance of the uh, enemies getting afraid when you and kill and they will run away. Run yeah. away, like <laughs> yeah. which I hate because I'll, I'll, I'll those run the guys, Well, those are the guys I'll pick off with the bow. Is like no, yeah. you don't get to go away. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right in the back of the neck, right in the nape of the neck. Um, the, so, the combat, though, I will
2: uh, pick it off, Matt. It reminds me of. You know like yes it is easy in a sense but I think it's as satisfying as something as the Arkham games you know like Arkham games the combat, very similar. similar to Arkham, Arkham is probably the it's, closest it's, it's probably yeah. like an Arkham mixed with uh with um uh, uh, Neo with the stances, and I think mm-hmm. it, it does a better use of stances than Neo does in, in in its game. And obviously, they're kind of two different, polarizing, different kinds of games. But I think it uses it uses it really well in regards to the the countering, the using of different tools and abilities. Um, I, I think it just feels good. And so, regardless of if it's a mega challenging in any way, I think it supersedes that with how well everything feels in my hands while I'm hitting these buttons on the controller because everything I've hit has been pretty satisfying to every end
0: the stances um at first make a huge difference Um so mm-hmm. again we, we'll let you guys we'll fill you in on how these work so there are four different stances I believe
1: yes technically five but the fifth stance is more of like a super move thing
0: yeah yeah, and then there's a and so there's a rock paper system a rock paper scissors system to it. Um, each stance is effective. One stance is effective against a guy with a shield. One's effective against a guy with a pole. One's effective against a guy with a sword. And early on in the game, it makes a major difference. Um, there was a mini boss that I fought on a side mission, and I fought him with um, I can't remember which stance I was using, but I kept using the same stance. I lost like three times in a row. I switched to the sword stance and beat him first try. Wait, it, um, didn't,
2: it didn't stop you and say like, because sometimes they'll stop you. The never and Never did. No, it hey, didn't.
1: nags like, me about that. Even, when I'm, even if I try to yeah, take one shot like at a guy that. with the wrong stance, sometimes it'll freeze the game back. Hey, yeah. did you know you came? Yes, I did know that. I just don't think <laughs> I need it right now. Can you leave me well, alone, please?
0: Well, what I was getting at is that later on in the game, the stances don't seem to matter as much. Like maybe I'm just so overpowered that I, it doesn't really matter. But in the early game, it did. Like I could see a difference fighting enemies that were of a p- particular discipline. When later on in the game, I'm not really seeing it with the. Stance. I think
1: it still matters in the sense of like being able to cut through people quicker. Um, because the main difference in stances is like if you're using the right stancing as the right weapon weapon type, um, you your heavy attacks stagger them much more effectively, and yep. eventually you get some like upgrades that are real. Not like this. The spear guys are annoying. They can be, especially in groups, because they can attack real quick. But there is like if you're in the stance that fights the spear guys, you can have an upgrade that makes it so you will automatically parry anything a spear guy throws at you if you are attacking while they attack you, and that can save your butt many many times. Um, And just like the, the the moon stance, which is the one you use against brutes which those guys can be real annoying in groups. Like, mainly I use stances to get out of group combats mm. if, if I end up in that, which is probably more prevalent for how I play because I just walk in the middle of the camp and yell everybody, come at me. And so I end up, fight, <laughs> I end up fighting like 10 guys a lot. Yeah. You know, so I, that think
2: kinda, it, I think it really works in regards to, because there's a slowdown between the switching of the stances. So it actually gives you a really nice opportunity to be able to make that adjustment mid. when Once you take out a guy with a shield, here comes the guy with the spear. It gives you a good opportunity to flip to that stance. And, and you can actually, as, as like long as you're not to having me. to
0: adjust the camera, like the camera in this game is pretty freaking awful in a lot of cases. And a lot of times I've found that the time that I would use to switch my stances, which is just holding the R2 and then selecting a face button. The time that I would use to do that, I'm instead using my right thumb to move the camera around so I can actually see like the enemies. See, my um, difficulty is more of I accidentally
2: hit the, I hit the, um, the D-pad instead of the face buttons. And when I'm switching stances by accident, because I think something that is like a nitpicky thing for me, the, the controls on this are a little weird when you're switching between the different tools and the different stances, there's, it's, it's not as uniformed as I would like it to be, but I can still work with it. Um, But that's where I struggle with it more than the camera
0: camera's crap in a lot of places though i mean you have to admit you've had camera problems yeah i mean you can see it in my like i've been attacked f- off screen constantly like sometimes i just give up like the angle just goes berserk and there's an enemy approaching me and the camera is like my back is taking up like 70 percent of the screen yeah. and i can just see like the enemy like in the crook of my character's arm And I don't have time to like move the camera. I just have to ride and roll with it. So if you go to
2: my sifted HQ footage, I have some B roll of me taking out a leader, and there is a little bit of the camera zooping in into his back because of yeah. I have had a lot of problems with the camera in this game. It's there for sure. I don't think it's as common for me. I don't run into it as much that it's a big issue, but it is definitely something that is an issue.
1: It's something I got used to pretty quick. It's uh the camera needs babysitting is more what I would say. Like it's yep. it get it's a little it gets a little too close at times. Uh, once in a while, I have to kind of like do like a dodge roll back to sort of like feel like yep. feel like that kind of resets the camera and like yep. I get to see I everybody a little thing. clearer. Yep. Um, but as someone who's played a ton of Dark Souls games, like that's just not that's just that's just yeah. You know, I'm I'm used to fighting guys that are slightly off camera. Like this this. Is, but it is and it was a little weird early on for me to be like, there's no lock on in this game. Yeah. Like it kind of surprised me. But once I kind of figured it out, it's like oh, it's more of an Arkham system. I mean, it's still like
0: there kind of is a lock on. Like you yeah, kind
1: the, of they, the consciously learn how to use it the left stick is more kind of a, a directional lock on yeah. but like there is no physical block the camera Yeah, you don't enemy. see
0: like the. Icon but also on their
1: heads but also you don't need that because people die so fast yeah so. he yep. also
2: locks his body in a certain direction so if like there's enemies towards your left he all of a sudden will lock his body so he's facing yeah he does kind of give you direction. a hint there so you kind of like you already know if you're still in combat like think you thinking you took out all the enemies but no there's still a couple more it's because it body locked mm-hmm. and you can see yeah his
1: body language way. plus the music tells you yeah, if the fight's too. not over yeah, that's yeah. not what I wasn't talking about. Like right.
0: I, did, I thought the fight was over and it wasn't. I'm talking about in the middle of a fight when there's like three or four dudes around me and I've finished one. And then after I finish the one, the camera's jacked. I don't have enough time to move the camera and get ready for that next attack. I just have to hope I can see enough of the character to see his tell so that I can parry it or dodge it and uh, follow up with a combo or whatever. So, um, yeah, the camera in this to me was the biggest problem. But I would also say this. This might be the prettiest video game I've ever played. Hmm. Um, I'm, that's not even hyperbole. My mm-hmm. wife has been blown away by this game. She has not said anything about video game graphics since the Dreamcast, literally. Like, she'll walk in and be like, oh, is that like Peru or is that Italy? She about that stuff most when I'm playing Call of Duty, oddly enough. Hmm. But this game, like, so I'm playing it. And she just kept going, oh, my God oh my God, oh my God, it's so colorful. And then mm. she left to go to the store or whatever. She comes, as soon as she opens the door, like the way our apartment is set up, you walk in and you can see the TV right there. She opens the door and goes, oh my God, that game is so beautiful. And I was like, wow, yeah. like, wow. Even she can see mm. that this game is a cut above pretty much anything else. It is just She's right. I mean it's I don't do insane.
1: the I don't do the for photo mode stuff much in games. Not even in Last of Us 2, but I have Probably fifty to sixty photo mode fo- screenshots I've taken in this game, just because every every ten minutes, every five ten minutes, you hit something. And you're just like, oh my god, look it's at insane. that! I got to get a shot it's of that.
0: One and breathtaking like, scene after another. Like Last another. of Us
1: Two, Last of Us Two has better graphical fidelity. Like it's there's right, a photo real quality mm-hmm, to it yeah. and all that. But this thing, the use the of co- and I've said this since the first trailers, but the use of color and the and the and the art direction and just how it all kind of looks. I mean, there's there's shots of this that I've I've taken screenshots and sent it to some of my friends like on text messages and they just be like oh my god like they're like it's wow well, well, it is real.
2: if you're in the first act and you're like oh this is all that it got you've seen nothing yet no there's like, so the much more beyond that is, there is a there's a moment in a bamboo forest where I was like this is this is like a movie like the Japanese Chinese movies I used to watch and it is. gorgeous i
0: mean the first island's freaking gorgeous the whole thing is just beautiful like my wife even said i never thought i'd see myself calling a video game gorgeous she's like but it just pulled it out of me Mm -hmm. just looking at the game it's really that beautiful it's it's gorgeous just amazing art the leaves and and one thing i would say is that the the wind waypoint hasn't worked out as good as I thought it would <laughs> when I saw it in like the trailers and
1: stuff. It works, but really? it's a little too loose. I love easy. it. I, love I think it. it's one of yeah. the best things I've seen all year. I love it. I hope every open world game comes up with something as organic as that because that I amazing. love just like following that around so and not having to I thought look at the map. I
0: might be an outlier on this. And apparently, among you two, I am. But so I went and started reading some reviews after I had played a huge chunk of it. And I am definitely not alone in that assessment. So yeah, I, don't yeah, well, underst- I don't understand. 30,
1: thirty-three thousand people think Last of Us Two is a zero out of ten too. <laughs> not, you're not convincing me on that.
0: Well, those thirty-three thousand people weren't working for gaming websites as professional journalists. Yeah. what is it, Shane? What is it about? The argument it that from authority does, does not, not sway me on that. What What is it? It's it. just, like, too ambiguous. Like, it doesn't give me enough detail. Like, I ended you, up turning on the waypoints. Do you ultimately. know how to, like, you're flipping on Yeah, up I know how to set the, it up so I D-pack. can choose. So the blue wind is for, like, the different collectible. I know all how to use it. I no, just, no,
2: I mean in regards to, like uh flipping up onto the pad so yeah, that the of, wind course. yeah okay. of course I'm yeah of course i'm only asked because i didn't i didn't catch that until maybe about an hour and a half in so i thought it was difficult at first and then i was like oh i can flip the wind okay just
0: have do you that. tried swiping down yet is the question
1: down. Uh, to honor uh, to i don't care about swiping down so much as swiping la- right well if you swipe <laughs>
0: down you can yeah. honor
1: things, and there oh, are yes. tons yeah.
0: There are tons of Easter eggs in the game for honor. You can honor, like, anything. Try
1: it out. Yeah, Like, I've just done, start I've messing just, around with it. There's, there's a trophy things. for bowing at every hidden shrine.
2: Yep. Yeah. There's also, I've done, uh, you know, like, the flute can change the, the weather, which
0: I think is really neat. Um, yeah. Like, I th- mm. I think well, like, if you come up, like, there's this one Visty you come across where there's you could tell there was a samurai duel and there's two dead samurais laying there. If you do it there, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but stuff happens. And the game, if you come across stuff like that where you're like, oh, it looks like there was a major battle here, start poking around and swiping down and but you'll that, see this like, stuff it's happens. It's like things
2: like that that makes this game so amazing. Like I really, I really, really think the detail in everything is so well done in regards to um, with the setting with the characters, I think the story obviously is like, I, like you guys said, it's a average and it's just kind of an overlay, but I think the examples of like talking about ghosts in the forest is like something that would be said at that time when you get to like do, um, find legendary gear or legendary weapons. They tell these tales on these scrolls with this amazing artwork. And this is where I'm like, th- this is where you do the, the history well. Like this is where you nail
1: the
0: history, with
1: making. Well, it except interesting. most of the history is completely wrong in this. game Yeah. So matter. first of
0: all, samurai were not honorable warriors at all. They would kill any way they could kill. That's a total falsehood, which is they, weird. They because didn't use. Matt-
1: they didn't use their swords. They would mostly. Yeah. Use, you know, because most Matt of the points out was- the,
0: the actually only good part of the story, in my opinion, is what Matt was talking about earlier. The undercurrent of. I'm a samurai, but I'm acting like a heathen. Um, mm-hmm. That to me is the interesting part of the plot. Um, well, the other
1: interesting part but it's is not even um, true. Like that's not. No, what but also, works. Well, also, the samurai armor did not exist at this point in time. The, the katanas, as we know them, and as, as shown in the game, did not exist at this point in time. There were proto-katanas at the time, but but the, at the time of the Mongol invasion, samurai would have mostly used spears and bows. Yeah. Um, Lots of stuff like that just isn't a thing yet in history. But they're in here because it's what you expect to see in a samurai yarn. Because it's That's fun. It looks like, you know, I don't yeah. care that it's not historical. Yeah. The other thing I think is interesting about it is it doesn't come up much. It's a little Far cryish because it doesn't come up much by necessity because you can't confront the bad guy until a big finale. But I think, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the main bad guy, Khan. Koden Khan is uh really well done uh he is um yeah. he's a i mean he's a huge mongol warrior warlord guy um with but, a he's vo- but, <laughs> but he's voiced <laughs> very he's voiced yeah. with like very quietly he's, ex- yeah. he's a kind of a genius he's and, smart like, yeah he's learned the <laughs> japanese language he's learned yeah. their customs because he knows it's a better way to beat them um he is he is an extremely intellectual uh bad guy and I think it's that's not that is not historically inaccurate because the Mongols were very smart tacticians, and and you didn't you didn't take over most of the known world yeah. without <laughs> being idiot, real smart <laughs> about what you're doing. Right. <laughs> but like I like uh, that it it kind of subverts what you might stereotypically think as an expectation of a of a Mongol warlord as being like a big rar kind of. Um, you know like like no, he's very uh, thoughtful very well spoken yeah he's in his he's strategic he's he's he, much like, scarier because of that because yeah, he's like, not and, like and a barbarian can, and, and a couple of times you see he tries to make uncle. him mm-hmm. he tries to man, tries to get the uncle to join him because that's yeah. what the mongols did they came in they said, you can still do all the things you normally do, just give us a cut, that's yeah. all they wanted, and yeah. so he wants to like lure your uncle over to help overthrow the shogun and then like the idea is like. You'll be rewarded once that happens and then we can overthrow the cause because this one of the goals of the bad guy is he wants samurai on his side. Because samurai yeah. are awesome, because the samurai in this game are basically, you know, the fictional, mythical best warriors in the world. And if you have like an army of them, you can overthrow Kublai Khan. Well, I mean, you have two of them. Yourself. You can beat a whole army. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the great. Like, there's that one
0: scene where you finally like rescue your master, and you're fighting with him, and you just get they just throw like 20 dudes at you, and you just wipe the mat with them in like two minutes. It's like, damn, these people are
1: badass. So I, so I do enjoy the the main bad guy a lot. I think I do too. Well yeah, around. I thought they did a really good job. He with just, that, but yeah. like I said, like Far Cry, he doesn't show up much. You know, it's kind of like yeah. you got a, a cut scene with him a couple times in Act, get, it's sort of like. Yep, you get the exterior blowing,
0: shot of the castle, and then yep. they go inside, and there he is. Uh, but yeah, I thought that they did do a really good job with him. And I was kind of, I was worried that he would disappear after I accomplished kind of the first big goal in the game. Uh, because I liked him a lot, and I was like, I hope this is actually like the big, gu- the big guy that you have to quarrel with the whole way through. And thankfully, whenever I completed that mission, he was still the bad guy. So I was very happy about that. Um, do you guys find a far cry game? He would have been killed at the end of act two, exactly like Voss. (laughs) (laughs) You put him on the cover of the game and then kill him in the first three (laughs) hours. Like that's the Ubisoft way. Um, one thing I would say about this game is I think some people may find it a little boring. Um, I have certainly had moments where I have been bored by the game. It's not big and flashy. There's not set piece moments that happen. This isn't the kind of game that I've been able to play for like eight or nine hours straight because I start I start to lose interest after a while. Uh, that was not the mm-hmm. case with The Last of Us Part Two. If I ever put that down, it's just because it was just so brutal that I felt like I needed like a little respite or whatever. But I have found found myself just kind of like drifting off starting to look at my phone while i'm playing it Uh, part of it i think is that i do feel like it is really easy and the other part of it is that it's just kind of this slow burn nothing big happens in the plot that is kind of unexpected like the first twist in
1: act one i saw coming a mile away i'm sure you guys did too um, I mean, if you've seen any of these movies, like they're drawing directly from yeah. all the stories from those old movies. And like, yeah. you can peg, you can peg all the archetypes if you know it. And I mean, even if you don't know, I mean, yeah, like it's, it's all there. It's all pretty obvious and it's all rather telegraphed, but that's also sort of part of the storytelling yeah. trope of, of these movies. You know, it's true to the source material, I guess I'd say. And whether you think that is an excuse for how it is or not, or a or, or good reason, you know, they're trying to make what they're trying to make, and that may or may not resonate with someone. I have not been bored at all. Um well, this I, is like your dream game. I did play it for 10 hours straight at one point. I, I in, fact, too. in fact, going to Paper Mario has been an act of will. <laughs> um which that's yes, all i did yesterday was play paper mario really but like i did enjoy paper mario I, and actually i would probably still be i divide my time more between paper mario and this if paper mario wasn't so frustrating
0: yeah um it's the opposite No figures. So paper mario ended up being yeah, frustrating Well, i realized i didn't i wasn't <laughs> in,
2: i didn't realize i was enjoying myself so much until i realized how much of the map i completed like that was like oh wow i Usually, open world games, I will skip the side stuff all day long because I think it's tedious and boring. But here, because all the side stuff you do is meaningful to your progression, um, I think you know what I think it is, though. I don't think it's that. I think most games do
0: that. I think what it is is that you have these creatures leading you to the shit. And it it gets me every time. If that fox is there, I'm following his ass to the shrine. If that bird is there, I'm following that bird to whatever it takes me to. And in other games, I never would have done that. If there were side missions over there, I wouldn't even have known that they existed. Like, I think that the way that they do the waypoints with the animals is a huge aid in tackling way more of this game than you normally would in other open world games like Assassin's Creed
1: they're it's definitely attempting right yeah. as soon as i hear that bird that, that little bird whistle i'm, I'm done like, oh where I'm, are you going where, where are we going? I'm I'm going. going what I'm are, just are just we like... doing today bird <laughs> yeah you're like you're <laughs> yeah. like
2: you're tr- supposed to go to your mission you do and you end up doing like 20 yeah. things you're like running it's because seven of the animals and the, the grocery fox store. yeah um i've good... completed
0: way more of that first island than i ever would in an open world game and that is 100 because of the bird and the fox. But I think I at the same time
2: if those things that you went to weren't meaningful, I would ignore the bird. And they are meaningful.
1: So it so yeah, of but course define, it the bird. they're also generally not on the map. So define, if you don't follow that right. bird, you may never find the thing again. Or you but may define
0: not how them. they're meaningful whereas in another game they wouldn't be. That's where I'm getting lost.
2: So like each each thing you each thing you do uh, contributes to upgrading jin. So whether that's right like every resolve, other
0: RPG in the world
2: not everyone. Some of it is. That's what an RPG is, but Mitch. Some, I, some of it is in regards to just giving you XP. That's slightly meaningless in a sense of because you have so much ratings you have to build up upon. Here in regards to it is yes, they do give you some XP, but they also do a lot of other things that meaningful progression to Jin. Whether that's adding to your resolve, adding to your health. But um, all games do that, Mitch. Giving oh, you new arm. Um, um, i i see it as more meaningful and i don't why i I, th- I think it is because it impacts it directly like really
0: all games do you get I, when you i get play, the skill when points i ability.
2: assassin's creed odyssey and i think well this is i think what we're different. discovering
0: is you really hate assassin's creed <laughs> no i just wish
2: assassin's creed did this was more meaningful i don't really see much of a difference to
0: be honest with you I, I really don't i think there's a difference what about you matt Do you see a big difference between how they handle progression
1: not really. I don't, I mean, I I guess it's more, it's more um, defined, I guess. Like I'm trying to think of the difference here. Like, it, I guess it's more defined, or it's more like straightforward, where you go and like you you find the shrine, or you find the thing, or you do the bamboo cut thing, and it shows you the little meter thing, and it fills up the little bar, and says you need three more to get the uh, new resolve button or whatever. Whereas like Assassin's Creed is more just sort of standard, you know, go do the thing, you'll get some XP, and eventually you'll level up and get another skill point. Like um, I guess like the, I mean, the, the rewards and skill points, the rewards <laughs> in Sushima are more are more discrete or more like kind of. Immediate, I guess. As opposed to sort of the, the only grind in terms of that, I guess, is the legend, the the reputation thing. Yeah. Um. But I don't, I don't see a lot of. I think the the difference for me is not that the the things you do or the things you find in this game are more meaningful or more more tangible in that regard. It's that they they guide me to them organically in a way that I find very difficult to resist, even if I'm trying to do something else. <laughs> I can't. I'm helpless. And I will spend a lot of time for something because that bird is not the is a bird's a. Little Little sketchy at times. Yeah, he like sometimes, he's, he's taking me some places where I was like, bro, yeah, you're there's, wrong. There's some pathfinding <laughs> questions here <laughs> here and there. Yeah, and sure. um, or even just things you can't get to yet, like you know, because you don't have the upgrades or whatever, but it's still trying to lead you to a thing. And I've come back, make like, all right, maybe I can get to whatever you're trying to show me and ramming into that wall over and over. <laughs> um the bird, the bird is is single-minded about getting you to where you need to go. Um, but like, you know, I've followed that damn bird and tried to figure out where it's trying to take me. Uh, I've died. Spent, the I've bird. spent more time. Yeah, I've spent <laughs> more time doing that than I normally would just trying to follow a waypoint in normal game. Yeah. So uh, I think I think the the it's compelling in that regard. In that in that like you know following this fox and getting to you know, the fox dens, following the bird to the fox den, and then following the fox to the Inari shrine, and then petting the fox. And this, I mean, at this point, I've done like thirty of those fox shrines, and I'm like, I should be sick of this, but yet I'm I am not. not. Yeah, I mean, um, petting <laughs> it is so nice. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's,
2: but I think or also even, like, even
1: the, the other shrine, the charm shrines were like, those are more like, um, little platforming puzzles almost where you have to like kind of work your way across like various, you know, gaps and things. And like they, and a lot of swinging with the grappling hook and things like that. Um, those are fun. Like, I don't, I don't, like I don't find system. the reward. For, I don't find the reward for those to be particularly interesting. Cause I think the charm system is a little useless. Um, I've had the same like five charms on my on, yeah. hook to my sword for like the last either. 10 hours. Yeah. And I was expecting like an upgrade system or a way to like, you know, because you get duplicate charms sometimes. I'm like, oh, there must be a way to like forge them to get better charms or like later on or like, or like you must, you know, because you get two major charm slots and three minor charm Minors, slots. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you must get a way to upgrade the minor slots to major slots. But that doesn't seem to be happening either. I, I feel don't like think the so. charm thing is like, Maybe because the major charms are also so so good that like having too many, more than two would kind of like make you completely... Invulnerable, but yeah. I think you kind of already I feel like are I kind
0: of am, so like, I, honestly. Like, I, like just let, I just let me equip all the charms, just let me go for it. It's I like know, I parry know. something and like I get a bunch of renown and I get a chunk of my health back just with one parry. Like, if you can just keep parrying enemies and just watch your health go ding ding ding
1: Yeah, ding, I've ding, had that one. Ding, ding, the first charm I ever got was the Amaterasu one that gives you some health back when you kill a guy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why would I ever take that? I know yeah, there's, I, there's I like four that, that charms that
0: you should just use and just stick with. And you don't really, it's the game's Easy enough that you don't really need to fiddle. Yeah, away like more. if I
1: were to play this again, I would definitely play it on hard. Me too. Absolutely. Um, so let's start wrapping it up. I probably will it play up. it again, if I'm, yeah. if I'm honest. So let's start wrapping it up. Um, the
0: Metacritic score for this game, I believe the last time I checked was around like an 85. Uh, for me personally... I think it's I would, lower than
1: that now. Is it now? Uh, um, I think the user score is like 85. I think the Metacritic, the, the, the media review score is more like 78. What?!
2: Really, it's that low? Let me look it up. Some yeah, some places i have been giving it sevens.
0: But yeah,
1: I think I think this game is sixes to get to a seven. I think this game is generally... It's eighty three now, Metacritic, okay. and the user score is nine point two. Okay. Um, I, to
0: me, that Metacritic score is about right. Like if I were reviewing this game on a ten point scale, I'd probably give it around an eight point five. Um, it's really good, and there's some moments that I, I'm really glad I'm playing it because there's moments in this game that I'm glad I experienced, and I appreciate that. Um, But there are issues. Like I said, the camera, I haven't played a big budget game like this with a camera with that many issues in a while, which I was kind of taken aback by. Um, it's yeah, almost I, years had, years I had more
1: trouble that with that the camera in Days Gone.
0: No, that's a good point. No, you're right. That The camera in that was pretty bad too, now that I think about it. Yeah, that was probably the other game before this one where I actually even had to think about the camera. It's, it's crazy that cameras have just become so good in games that it's something that we don't even mention. It, like literally, back when Matt and I worked at X Play, a camera was like one of the biggest elements of a game. Yeah, like, that was it, like that was
1: like thing number three you talked about. Yeah, in the and, in the review. Segment. Yeah,
0: and they've gotten so good now that it's just when there is one that even has some little issues. Like I'm like, whoa, that's out of the ordinary. Yeah, because so, suddenly
1: suddenly you remember that the camera's a thing. Like yeah. normally they're in, normally they're invisible.
0: I know. You know it's like they're just so good now that you just don't even notice them. So you know I. And it is a little drab, a little dull. Um, the game just kind of stays one note for a long time. But it is a really good game, really well crafted. One of the most beautiful games my eyes have ever seen. So I do think in this case that the average review score is probably roughly accurate.
1: Yeah, I probably I a- bump it a little higher than that. I'm I'm. It's it's probably a nine in my book. Like, but also like like I would say Last of Us Two is probably a better game than this. Yeah. But I don't I like Last of Us. I don't like Last of Us do better than this game. It's my probably my favorite thing I have played all year. Interesting. Um, just because it's, like also like I am not tired of the open world formula. Like I am not and like I'm not either. I, I I will never be tired of that, I don't think. Like par- probably because well, that's I spent good, because most of because <laughs> they're not going away. Go. <laughs> but like it's just sort of like I spent so much of my life like wishing that you could do that in a game that I am probably never going to get tired of actually being able to do that. We'll run around a big open world and like see stuff and do things. And this I looks don't.
0: Like, well, I'll say this: I don't think we'll ever see another game like this um, until one, the next one. One, be, I don't know if they'll make another one, Matt. To be honest with you, um, one because the game right now so far has sold about as well as Days Gone. Its opening weekend was like seven percent higher than Days Gone. And two, this is done so damn well. Nobody. First of all, I think this is crazy. This game is crazy. I am shocked that Sony gave the red light to, or the green light to this game. Um, If I were Sony and a publisher or a studio came to me and said, we need like $200 million to make this game. And then they laid out what this game was. I never would have signed off on it. Like I just, Mm. just samurai games, movies, obviously Tom Cruise is going to make anything a hit, but they're just generally very niche. And I would be really surprised if this game gets a sequel. One, because I don't think financially it would make sense. But two, they did it so damn well. It's like nobody can make a better samurai game than this because no one's going to get as much money to make a samurai game as Sucker Punch just got from Sony. So I just say enjoy it because this to me is really an anomaly in this industry that you would make such a big budget game on something so niche. But at the same time, it's a very classy game. There's a lot of games that I have to play where I'm like, if my wife walks in, I'm going to be embarrassed when she does at this moment. There's nothing like that in this game. Um, it's just clean and classy, but I would say a little dull and maybe a little boring in spots.
1: I mean, uh, I think a lot of people would say that that's sort of a good description of Kurosawa. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they nailed it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. And I do appreciate that the black and white subtitled tinny speaker mode is literally called Kurosawa mode. Yeah. Uh, but like... Um, I think, uh, I think we will see another one. If Sucker okay. Punch wants to make one, um, they may feel like they're done after this. Cause like you said, I feel like they nailed what they were after. Yeah. Uh, there idea. might not be a lot of room for improvement really. Um, you, you, the tweaking would be so subtle that I don't know if it would read too well as a sequel, you know, if you know what I mean, if that yeah. makes sense. No, I get it. Um, But I love it to death. Like there is sort of, I I agree with you that there's moments in this game where I'm just like, how is this a game? How is this real? How did you get this made? You know, like even more than something like Days Gone, where I days my reaction to Days Gone is like, why? Yeah, why would? But it's like zombies, so you get you get like why why you could have (laughs) greenlit it. It's like I'm like I don't like it feels boring and sort of like played out to me. Although although the actual final game was more interesting, like when your hands were in it. But Mm -hmm. like the preview stuff of that was just like why would you want to do that? Yeah. Um, whereas like this, I'm just like, like, yes, I have want, I've wanted an open world feudal Japan game for like 12, 15 years, and the only like ray of hope for it was like if they decided to do that in Assassin's Creed, which they never have because there's a whole internal thing with Assassin's Creed where they are not ninjas. They are no, They are not ninjas, they are assassins. And yeah, they, it's like in the franchise to bible that. or something. Yeah, that was a big thing early on was like, they aren't ninjas, don't make them ninjas, like we can't pretend they're ninjas like just they're assassins and da, da, da. yeah which is ironic because the assassins as portrayed in assassin's creed are much more like the real life ninjas than the ninjas we see in video games most of the time but that's a tangent but like um but then here comes sucker here comes the people who made infamous and sly cooper of all things <laughs> that made this giant epic samurai <laughs> bizarre, game and I'm, like, yeah. I'm like all right although there's moments where like there's some sly cooper in this game yeah, like oh yeah, following, absolutely. following the guys like to yeah. the thing, going pretty along pretty the ropes cool. yeah. like this. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and also the actually the other thing I've i forgot about because it's not, it's a minor thing, but it's more of a moment. You follow footprints a lot in this game. Yeah, a lot of tracking, like and- a lot. Mm-hmm. like a lot and like yep. there's a couple moments there've been a couple times when like the the, the time of day it was happening was just I'm like i can't see anything like the it's so beautiful and like the light is shining and glaring through and i was like that's <laughs> cool but i can't see the ground clearly so, right now so, Matt, so, so ran- we're just gonna have to stand here until the sun sets and i can follow your footprints i ran into
2: that where i had a merchant that was trying to sell me like a skin for my sword and i bought it and, and you you can't, can't realize, tell what color it is. Yeah, you can't is. tell what yeah. color it is because of the lighting. So then yeah, all of a sudden I realized so it you, was purple. And I was like, what? How so when you get to sword? the
1: Act 2 section, the, the merchants up in the Act 2 area sell different colored stuff for your armor and your yep. clothing and stuff. Yep, so dyes. the first time I'm like, cool, I can get new dyes and see this. Like, and and but it well. was that certain... You can, but they're different in Act 2, oh, is what gotcha. I'm saying. Oh, Yes. Yeah, they're different. Like, gotcha. So I wanted to get some some of the new dyes on my... Ro- the Ronin costume is what I use most of the time. I use the same thing. Um, and I'll switch to the Samurai armor if I... Uh, if I, One of my Samurai, <clears throat> armors, if I I I samurai be, armor is... I think Samurai armor. I only you use the think. Ronin for the mission I needed it for. But like, I like the Ronin because he looks like the standard wandering Samurai from all, yeah. those, all those movies, so I just mm-hmm. like that look especially for photo mode. I do honestly, way more, I do I do way more for photo much. mode that, no it's it's not that. The like, armor isn't that important. Um it's it only matters if you like you say if you're doing a stealth mission the ronin thing is useful cuz they spot you slower. Yep. That's the only, only point. Yeah. Yep. Um but like I went up and I went to cuz I wanted new colors for it and like I couldn't you know, the time of day was wrong so I couldn't tell what color they were. I'm like, well I'll come back later and the next like 3 or 4 times I came back to that area, it was the exact same time of day. And I, I, at one point, I was like, "I'm just gonna stand here until, until the sun changes well, you and I see your color." Matt. You're trying you could to Could have sound. called up the sun
2: with your flute. So I guess that's the way you could solve it. But well, uh, this, oh, yeah. the flute
1: can make the weather clear, but I don't have a song that can make it day to night yet.
2: No. Uh, the day, no. The first song you get uh, makes it daytime. I thought.
1: I've, yeah, never, even clear clear.
0: I've never it. Clears the weather. I've never it, even used it. it. Oh, well, uh, I have uh, to double check uh, it, it. But the flute's
1: the flute's great, and but swipe right is the best thing in that. Which Absolutely. is the yeah. either clear the fling the blood fling off the, the sword and the sword or wipe it
2: off or God yeah. it's just such a way to end. Um, uh, for me, I'm I'm similar with Matt. I'm playing this in the in the nine range and I'm torn because even though I think Last of Us is such mm-hmm. an amazing narrative experience, I love playing this game more. And so, yep, that's a good uh, point. So like, like I like I mean, this game better. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a better game. Than the Last of Us Part Two, but as like an overall experience, I probably would
1: say the Last of Us Part Two is
2: better. The
1: mm-hmm. um, like Last of I, Us Two is probably still the best story I've ever been told in a game.
2: Yeah, but absolutely, like- I agree a hundred percent. And so for me, um, it's been it's been a little tricky um, because. You know, I think I'm, the
0: and for me they're equal. Like I like some parts of The Last of Us Part Two's gameplay better. I like some parts of Ghost of Tsushima's gameplay better. They just kind of equal out ultimately. Well, for me, for me the difference with me and Matt in this one,
2: which we have differences, is uh, that I was sick of open worlds, and for some reason I'm not sick of this one. Now maybe part of it is the setting. I really love like having a feudal Japan open world game. Uh, but I, I, I thought I'd be like, okay, I'll do a couple side missions. I'll do a couple like collectibles and then I'll move on where I love doing it all. I like, I love every bit of it. So I'm surprised by that for me. And I think overall, the real question for me will be is when Assassin's Creed comes out, is there going to be a debate between these two games? Because they are very similar in regards to trying to be, and obviously we've established that this isn't, isn't totally historically correct, but it's trying to be a past going off those types of game uh, off that medium. Um, but that will be under the question of which one will get a nod for a game, a game of the year nomination. And
1: are they both can, I think they both will. Yeah. They're both contenders. And yeah. also I, I do want, I have wondered that about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just because the organic el- el- nature of how they guide you through the world. And this with the wind and the animals is so good that like going back to a standard waypoint system is going to be tough I for actually me, just ended up turning on um, the standard waypoint system. I didn't it's even know easier. you could do that. Yeah, know you, you can go into the accessibility. Either. See, that's the thing is, I don't find the win thing vague at all. I, I find it very it's precise very as price, precise as it needs to be. The animal stuff is great. Like I just th- like that way of interacting with the world is more interesting to me. And but also, I'm the same. I'm the person who left the vague uh, guidance things on for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right. See, yeah, I did not do you know, that for Odyssey. So.
2: so to to it's for me, it shows a difference that Sucker Punch did a better job of doing it. With using nature than doing it with Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed. I think that that, like the significant difference with that is you rely on the eagle to like find the location where the wind really does guide you to it. And then like if you get near it, the bird will bring you to the exact location if you miss it with the wind.
0: It just got silly. It was cool the first couple of times. After that, I'm like, this is annoying. I just turned on the waypoint. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i don't know how you can argue against that like it it's not as accurate as just using a waypoint I, I if you want to go through the contrivance of it fine but Sure, but I, I don't think, I, I got sick of it.
2: I think the one time the waypoint definitely would come a little more handy is when I'm in the bases and yep. I have to collect the things. Exactly. It, How
0: about sometimes where the wind is just going like straight up and you're like spinning in circles and you're like, where am
1: I supposed to get? I've never had that happen. I've never had yeah. that happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It
1: happens to me all the time. I just I've never had a problem. the only the only issues I've ever run into have been like you're you're clearing out the fort or whatever and they want you to blow up the gunpowder thing and I don't know where that is because it yeah. And you get close enough to it, it marks it. But like, I'm like, okay, so where where's the gunpowder? I don't know. Um, I also accidentally, accidentally the other a mission thing early that blowing that thing
0: up. Like I hadn't finished cleaning up the area. I had killed all the enemies, and I had not finished getting all the loot. And I went up to one of those wagons with TNT on it <laughs> and lit it, <laughs> and it blew up and lit the whole... On fire, and I lost all the loot. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Another one of those, like you don't know what's going to happen until you hit it, and then there's no going back. But whatever. Anyway, so there you go. That's Ghost of Tsushima, available exclusively for PlayStation Four. How good is that game going to look on PS Five, my friends? Yeah, that's wow. why. Might, that's why I'm pretty sure I will. Wow! Right Who can't even imagine?
1: Well, well now the, the, They're saying Miles. They're saying Miles Morales is a 4K, 60 frames a second yep, mode. Yeah, that's hype
0: get hype. Uh, So anyway, all three of us are saying buy it. Um, We all really like it to different degrees for different reasons, but I don't think you'll go wrong. I don't don't know if you're going to grind through the game like you would maybe other games, but you're going to enjoy every time you play it. You're going to get a lot of playtime out of it. I've spent like 20 hours on it,
1: maybe a little mm-hmm. less. And I'm only like a third of the way through the game a little more. So yeah. I think if you be aligning the main story, if you can manage to do that is still like 17, 18 hours. Yeah. It's so, a big but, one. but you, you won't do that. Like there's, yep. Why it's, would you, you'd have to be dead inside to do that
0: <laughs> in this game. Seriously. <laughs> like this not be even
2: the first game I might a hundred percent in quite a while, like, yeah,
0: it does make it easier because you're just organically collecting a lot more stuff mm-hmm. than you normally do. Uh, tiny two K. Thank you for all of those tier one subs. You're freaking awesome. Again, every week you come in here and you help out our crew, man. I love it. Appreciate it very much. Uh, David. Thank you for the sub. I appreciate that. Um, J.M. rain. Thank you for the bits that you've given us. Suicide King. Thank you for Twitch prime. Bobby Budnick. Thank you for Twitch prime. You guys are awesome. Um, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Get your questions into the chat and we'll answer them when we get back. Ready to get away from it all without losing all the comforts of home? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a once in a lifetime 200 acre estate for sale in Libby, Montana that gives new meaning to the phrase roughing it. This eye popping main lake house on this sprawling estate has four bedrooms and bathrooms, phone and internet. There are also separate guest and caretaker houses. It's the first time this property has ever been for sale, so don't let the chance to buy a slice of outdoor heaven pass by. It can be yours for 3.4 million. If you're interested, no matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. You can also connect you with local realtors who can help you with your specific needs. If you want to see more, head on over to www.snowshoeranchmt.com. That's snowshoe mt.com. Now, whenever I look at that, I'm like, Ghost of
2: Shishima looks really good like that. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: a uh, bunko that just wrote the house. The house is taken right from Far Cry 5. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, um, Montana. Yep. Yeah. But big thanks to DeShazer Ryan Realty. Sponsorships for us make a huge difference, like, huge. So, thank you very, very much. If you guys are looking for property, Please help him out because if you call him and you inquire about that stuff, he'll sponsor us again. It can make a big difference for us. So thank you to Chase Orion Realty, man. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's get to some questions. I'll answer Johnny Hurricanes first because he's like our greatest patron ever, and I'll always answer all his questions. Uh, y'all gonna do a spoiled on go to Tsushima. I uh, know. I don't think it, it it's it's suitable for a spoiled. Um, yeah, I don't think the story really warrants it. There's not enough twists unless and there's turns. unless
1: a whole lot of crazy stuff happens <laughs> right. in, act three.
0: in the last like, act. Like you're you're right. Maybe that's how I should have couched it. Is look, if I keep playing this and it changes drastically from the way it is now, yes. Uh, if the plot keeps working kind of the way it is, you'll see. And maybe you're you already know, but. It's not really conducive to a spoiled. Last of Us Part Two is gold for spoiled. <laughs> it was hard, but it was gold. Uh, but this game, probably not, unless, as Matt said, things drastically change later on uh, in the game. Um, Commander Fett 03 What would you like to see more historical games like Ghost of Tsushima instead of the more loosely historically accurate take that Assassin's Creed takes? So, do you like loosey or airtight
1: with your historical accuracy? Man. Um, I think it depends on the setting. Like I do appreciate that Tsushima doesn't use like, you know, mythical stuff. You know, like there's Earths or like demons or spirits yeah. or any of that. Like yeah. Jin, Jin is a very skeptical man for he his is. time period. He's just like <laughs> he I was is. like, there's demons in the forest. He's like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's
0: like, not. <laughs> <laughs> very right. pragmatic. I think you have to yeah. be to
1: live the life that he was living for sure. But uh so I like, yeah. You know, I, but I also like it when Odyssey brings in cyclopses and stuff yeah. like that. It's cool too. Um, but there's so much, so, there's so many games involving swords and Japanese mythology that it's refreshing to have one that isn't dealing with the mythology. So I like that aspect of it. Um,
2: I think the more the question is, like, it's just how it's done. Like, how do you tell the story? Regardless of if you're doing, telling it accurately or inaccurately in regards to the history, as long as it's told well, it shouldn't matter to me, at least.
0: I, I guess. Just, I just want whatever makes the game better. <laughs> Bottom line, I don't care whether that means being historically accurate. I don't care if that means being loosey goosey with history. Whatever it takes to make the game better is, I'm all for. It. Yeah,
1: I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this game, on on some level, is just the best Assassin's Creed game that Ubisoft will has continually refused to make. Um, the only other like kind of alteration I would maybe make in that regard is can you imagine this game with the Nemesis system from Shadow of War? Oh, yeah, that would have been great. Like, yeah. That would be a Longo whole different ballgame. And things like yeah. that. That would be, great. be great. That would be, be the only thing I could think of uh, that would be something you could do for a sequel, would be to expand it that much and have it be like, I don't know, some f- more fantastical scenario where. Jin gathers a group of an army and goes to china and like tries to attack invade the mongols which would never have worked in real life but if you want to do a shadow of war kind of thing could possibly work for a sequel to this um
0: here's a good one ocd master one and matt you you'll be the perfect person to answer this how does tsushima's combat compare to sekiro um
1: It's not as good as Sekiro. Yeah, it's not as good as Sekiro. (laughs) It's uh, definitely more forgiving. Yeah. Um, The parry windows are much larger. Mm -hmm. Um, However, if you are sloppy, you can die in, like, three hits. Yeah. You know, the swords are very sharp. (laughs) You have to pay attention, for sure. Uh Um, And they can interrupt you, and, like, the archers are annoying because they'll pick, pick at you from the sides, um, and like, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you can't just like go swinging your sword around and, and not get interrupted by the, by the arrows and like, um, so it's, it's not like there's nothing there. It's like, you don't have to use your brain. But once you get the mechanics down, it's all kind of in place. And also, you're always just fighting humans. You're always just fighting. You know what you're going after. And, was, you know, with Sekiro, sometimes you're just like, all right, come around the corner, and it's a 20-foot-tall monster, and I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say the combat is harder in Sekiro. I would say the combat is more rewarding in Sekiro once you get it down. Um, but I really enjoy what, uh, what Tsushima is doing. But as Mitch said, it's more of an Arkham combat than a from software combat
2: yeah that's what i was
1: basically gonna say too
0: emperor dread what are your favorite things to snack on while you play games no one asks enough questions like this during our chats at the end uh i'm hungry but indecisive
1: (laughs) (laughs) what about you matt what's your favorite gaming snack i don't eat while i'm playing at all no why is that because that's how you get messy shit on the controller that's true um so i'll eat if i'm gonna eat something i stop and eat i don't eat while i'm playing I will drink while I'm playing, but that's about it. What about you, Mitch? You have I, a gaming I, snack?
2: I, no, I'm same with Matt. I don't. I don't eat while I play. Like I'll stop. Like uh, if it's a when I stop, I usually will eat something to kind of match what the game is either like the setting or the flow. So I've been eating a lot of ramen lately. But
0: <laughs> all right, <laughs> I eat graham crackers when I play games. Cinnamon graham crackers. I pull out a sleeve. And I set it right next to me, right next to the couch, and I pull out of sleep, crack it in half, stick it in my mouth, and eat it while I'm playing. And they are my favorite gaming snack. I don't know how they became that way or why, but that's just the way it is. Also Graham it takes crack. time
2: away from holding the controller. Like I
0: wanna play the game. I don't want to cinematics. Like, that's when you eat. Oh We're like Cinnamon Maddox. <laughs> Cinnamon Maddox. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that. Um, here's one from Vincent. People are asking if you're going to do a hangout for the Xbox event like you did for the PS5 one. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, on no. Thursday, I have to get my taxes done. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to even watch the Xbox thing live, unfortunately. Um, I... Got an appointment to get our taxes done. It was like the only appointment our accountant has for like the next three months. And as it is, I had to file an extension uh, just because obviously the deadline just passed. I really thought they were going to extend the deadline again, but they didn't. Uh, So anyway, I have to do my taxes on Thursday. So I'm probably not going to have time to do something like that. Unfortunately, duty calls is one of those things I just can't put off anymore.
2: Uh, if you want something to do during that time, I will be live tweeting it. So if you guys okay. want to like hop on there and comment and stuff, I'll gladly talk to you guys during the during the stream.
0: Okay. Last question from Ed Rock the Truth. Did you have an issue with the brightness settings at Ghost of Tsushima? I find it extremely difficult to see indoors, especially at night. Have no issue with any other game? No, I have not.
1: I have not. Um, I haven't had the only, as a matter of fact, the only game I've had any kind of brightness issues recently is uh, Destiny 2. Mm, I have had to mess with the HDR settings on that thing endlessly because when I go right inside anything, I can't see anything. And it didn't used to be that way. I don't know what happened.
0: No, I do have a plasma that handles blacks really well, and that might help a little bit.
1: But, yeah, I haven't really had any issues with anything like that. No, I've, I've, I mean, I did the set, obviously, the HDR settings at the beginning when the game starts and something. But I haven't had a problem with any of that. Yep. It all works pretty well. All
0: right. So that's it for Game Face. Except for episode- seeing the
1: fucking footprints sometimes but that's a lighting thing they are that's hard true. to see sometimes you're right well i mean it's at least
2: it's better i mean i kind of give them credit for at least not doing like a witcher sense where it kind of feeds the path for you you actually have to find the footprints like
1: right you know, but a couple times i've been like you know what i wish i just had the witcher sense you start to wish see why it. they do that you there's, start to see why games have that yeah, yeah, for sure there's that one annoying. time i realized that for <laughs> sure
0: all right. It, this time it really is it for Game Face 221 on siftedgames at sifted.net. Uh, if you're watching the show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the five or six podcast services, uh, also, by the way, if you're searching for the show, the show is now just called Game Face. So you can just search for Game Face and the show will pop up, so that's been fixed. But if you're listening on any of the podcast services, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever, you're watching on YouTube and you wanna help us out because we are supported 100% by user donations, please head over to patreon.com slash sifted and kick us a couple bucks. If you wanna stay on YouTube, you can actually subscribe to our content right on YouTube now. Uh, just click the join button on our channel page and uh, all the options are right there. Uh, We'd really appreciate it if any of you guys could help us out. Thanks to everybody who's helping us with Twitch Prime. We had our best month ever last month. Let's keep it going. It does make a big difference for us. Um, if you want to stay in touch with what's going on with Sifted on Twitter, follow us at Sifted Games. It's a great way to get alerts when we're going live on Twitch or when we publish something new, depending on what kind of a subscriber that you are. Uh, so make sure you follow us there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DinFire. You can find Matt on Twitter at MKyle, that's K-E-I-L. And you can find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Secor. Uh, On behalf of my bros, Game Face 221 is up and out.